Awesome. What's going on, D-Bags? Hope you guys are doing well. We're back here again with another episode of the Detox Podcast. I'm your host, Darren Rita. Feel free to connect with me at any of the links down below. And if you're new here and you enjoy music, podcast, or comedy, do consider subscribing because we've got a whole lot of that going on around here. When you do that, helps us share conversations like this one, videos of us hooping or music with way more people. Um, so if, if you're interested, consider subscribing. It's free. You can always unsubscribe later. Um, now, before I can get into my guest this week and uh, introduce him to you guys, I got to talk to you guys a little bit about car insurance. These days, it seems as if we're able to do more and more from home. So while you're at home, why aren't you saving money on your car insurance? Your hometown agency, Kenosha Auto Insurance, specialized for years, literal years, in simple, hassle-free car insurance using the latest in touch-free technology to help you and your family get the best rates. So what are you waiting for? Give them a call today at 262-448-4141. That's 262-448-4141. It's on the screen right now. It's also linked down below. Give them a call. Tell them D-Rita Detox sent you. The worst that could happen is you will get the best rates. Now... With all that good stuff out of the way, I'm actually really excited to get to chat with my guests and get to know him a little better today. He's a rapper, songwriter, college grad, TED Talk speaker giver, TED Talk giver, whatever you want to say. Um, let's, so let's give a wet detox welcome to Troy Left. Wow. He's here. Thank you so much. We have a clap track sometimes when my computer is, the guts are everywhere right now, so oh. it's not it's not working, but okay. I clapped head, it up for I you. I can hear it too, and it's it's humbling. Thank you so much for having me. The applause is there. Thank you for being here, man. Yeah. I know it was, um, I kind of, I, I reached out a little while ago, but I had found out that you had like taken a break from social media right yeah. around the same time I had messaged you. Yeah, <laughs> so it was like, that inconvenience. but, but it worked out. Way, yeah. You, yeah, you found it. We got We got you on here, so I'm excited, you know, we had to. We're filming this the day before it's airing. Is usually we film live on Mondays, but we're here. We made it work schedule wise, and I'm excited to have you here, man. You've, I've seen a lot of the stuff that you've done in the past, mm -hmm. and the most recent project that you just dropped, and I'm excited to get to talk with you. So. Oh man, I I can't wait to get into anything you have. So are you? I I heard that. Uh, well, when it comes to you dipping off of socials for a while, mm -hmm. as an artist. Mm -hmm. You know that that can be a difficult thing yeah. a lot of people will, will be like why why the hell are you doing that you know mm -hmm. you're an artist you got to promote yourself you got to be a presence is there a reason that you kind of dip off social media for times yeah i think i think my relationship with social media unfortunately is a negative one at times because my borderline personality disorder gets really exacerbated i find it hard to um, express what i need to um, then I tend to overshare or I bombard mm. or I vanish. And the vanishing is kind of a survival tactic for me because I, um, I don't really know how to communicate with the like social side of things without being present in person. Um, and that can be tough. So I do know it is not a good way to um, promote, to market, to do mm -hmm. any of that, but it was an, it was a necessary thing. And I was apprehensive to even get back on it, but in terms of communicating with people, I need to keep that lane open. Um, what do you think, what is it so, what is so difficult for you in the communication aspect of things mm -hmm. through, you know, whether it's online social media or yeah. like texting, communication like that? Well, for example, um, I think it's all perceptive based. And I guess even in you asking that, it kind of reaffirms what I used to think notion wise that I should just be authentic and try to be as much as myself as possible and if people don't like it that's fine mm -hmm. but um i'm not entirely like i want to share so much about myself the vulnerabilities the uh because i think really all we can do in this life is connect 
Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I hold prime value in. And even, you know, being here right now, yeah. prime example. And it gets to be in person. So being present like this, it's a lot different. We speak for however long we do now. Um, if we translate that into text, um, that might look overwhelming on a social media platform. That's a book. If I have a lot of thoughts and I'm trying to get them off, this is the appropriate way to do it more so than just like um, – and again, this is all based on other people's perception. Yeah, um, do you and think it's, it's kind it of bleeds into your head a little bit. It sounds like, and maybe yeah, it's it's. I just want to connect. I want people to know um, that they can feel free to. Uh, I, I I guess I haven't landed fully on what I want my platform to be. People just have directed me to Tumblr. Like you should go there. With, Tumblr with some of these things, and I'm like, yeah, but this man, is I've, I'm gonna be honest. I've never used Tumblr yeah. once in my life. Are you on it then? I guess. Um, you have really, an though. you have an account though. Yeah, I don't. Okay. I I'm pretty stuck in my way sometimes with particular things. Um, like I need to get on TikTok, but I'm terrified to. Um, again, it's I think just, you'd do well on TikTok. Yeah, I, appreciate I think so. That. If you I, have any concepts you want to float by down the road, let me know. I I got a whole sheet of stuff. Yeah. I'll I'll give it to you when we're when we're done here. Awesome. I think I think you would do. I think you would. From what I've seen of your stuff, I think you would you would crush it. I think it oh, in yeah, I'm serious. Thanks, um, and I I don't have a ton of shit going on, on TikTok. I mean, we, we're doing okay over there, but yeah. I think I think you would kill it over there. Um, now you you mentioned how talking like this or conversations yeah, in, in person would are the shit. And <laughs> sometimes if you were to like text somebody that, come off as like you're sending them a fucking book. Are you a book texter or are you somebody that sends individual, like some, I know some people will send like a, a sentence. Sometimes with no, my girlfriend, I'll, I I'll be like, Hey, can you please do this thing right now? Mm-hmm. And then next, and it'll be little yeah. blurbs. Other times it'll be a whole book, which, right. which way do you usually sway? Well, I think before I even identify as a, I, I identify as a writer at my core. Mm. So the way that I go about communicating, I try to choose words articulately and I don't like compensating, getting the point across. So, it can come off as a bunch of different things. People are like, why the fuck are you texting me like this? Um, I do the big paragraphs. I, I do it like an essay. It's just, that's what was drilled into my head through school of how to how to write and stuff. Like, I can't even figure Twitter out. I, I just wanna I just wanna write how I think and speak. Yeah. So that's why it's cooler when I get to be in person with people because A, it's a lot more um, acceptable. Yeah. And B, again, there's something about like my love language is presence yeah uh not gifts but like presence being Um, in the moment with somebody being fully there and again it's easier to do that in situations like this than virtually like it's a lot lot difficult a lot more difficult to get that through you know someone texting you g2g Mm-hmm. TTYL, you know, like whatever, yeah. you know, it's hard to to know, you know, how people actually feel through text. My biggest thing mm-hmm. for social media and um, even it's hard with like for me as someone who do obviously I do music, I do the podcast, I do some comedy stuff as well. I it's difficult for me sometimes to like do little snarky jokes or like silly things because I don't want to like piss people off. I don't want people to like not yeah. get what I'm saying, which mm-hmm. is maybe is a fault of mine for not being able to just say the joke. Mm. But, I, but it's like, that is who I am. Like if we were in person and I misspoke and like upset you, like I would be like, Oh no, 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 that's not. And I would go as far as I could to mm. make you understand that that's not what I meant. Right. You know? And so that, I think that makes it difficult for me with online communication. So I, I definitely see, you know, your side of things as opposed, like, as why it's maybe difficult for you to stick around on social media. So mm-hmm. I have a similar 
similar things. I, I talked about it a while ago on the podcast, but I, I was doing this thing where I was releasing a single every week for a certain period of time. And, and I, uh, I had to, in doing that, cause I, I wanted to post more on social media cause that's what people tell you you need to do. And mm-hmm. I want to be more, it's, it's important to have a presence there too. I yeah. think, you know, as we're talking about the importance of presence in real life, yeah. um, it's good for people that connect with your music or connect with whatever else you're doing to see you in that way. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to kind of force myself and trick myself to do that more. So when I was doing the single a week thing, I like set my feet up so that all my singles would line up on one side. So it forced it me to great. post twice, Yeah, yep. you know? Mm-hmm. And so I, twice a week I was having to post and then I got to post the song. So it was like kind of almost dangling the little treat at the end of the treadmill so That's that I right. could keep it going. But uh, so that was that was a trick I did as a, as an artist that helped me out a little bit. Yeah. But, you know, speaking of artistic vision and, and being an artist, mm-hmm. I got to say congrats on the left tape. Hey, thank you. dude. That's a new project for people it that is. don't know. Um, just dropped it. What? Two weeks ago. Has it been that long? I guess so. About two weeks ish. Yeah, Something like that. So we're going to we're going to get into some of that stuff so mm-hmm. people can understand, because obviously I introduced you as a rapper songwriter. How would you describe yourself or maybe your music? I, I kind of hate getting that question. Oh, from my sometimes. music? Yeah. How would I describe it? But I have to ask it, even though I dislike the question. Yeah. Well, I guess I'll begin with something someone told me recently about their perception of my music. And uh, they, they told me, like, it's poetic. So I guess I, I really value um, the poetry associated with the rhythm and poetry part of it. I... Um, yeah, I, I would start with that. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that. I think um, in listening to the project, because this is probably the of your stuff, this yeah. is the one I've spent the most time with. Oh, wow. Um, for me, uh, I really, really enjoy, and, and still was my the one of my first listen, and still now after a couple listens, Say Less is probably my favorite track on the Hell project. Yeah. Um, Thank you, dude. And so I, uh, I'm interested in, in wondering why the name Troy left, Oh. And then how do we get to from there to the left project? Mm-hmm. And then we'll get into some of the stuff on the on the album itself or project. I don't I don't want to classify it as an album if you're not calling it that. But yeah, I don't even know what necessarily it is. It's hard to, to name these things anymore. Yeah. I you know, I kind of a fluid body of work. That's its own like living, breathing thing right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you said you want me to start with Troy. Left how d- yeah. How do we get to Troy left um, from Nathan? Yeah. Well, I was 17 years old and um t-pain had a auto-tune app um and it was like karaoke you could sing along to like whatever you could well there was a limited amount but um they also had the instrumental versions so i couldn't afford an ipod and Mm -hmm. my friend i just i was like hey can i borrow this like for an hour and i I wrote my first song and then a couple weeks later i did the talent show on rap nothing on you and stuff and it was it was all really awesome and Nothing on You by uh, Bruno Mars and B.O.B.? Yeah, I okay. rewrote the lyrics, played drums. We had a three-piece band. I, I didn't know how to play drums. I practiced a lot of uh, band hero before. And we did. I okay. got, we got second. Um, that was my first live show. But I, I still didn't have a name. I knew I wanted one. Um, it was Wisco for a while. Wisco? It was just Wisco. Um, this was like when I was 18. That's that's a tough tough one to get behind. Pretty tough, yeah. yeah. And I was It could do well regionally. Right, not very pigeonholing. Yeah, yeah. I, I was trying to think worldwide, you know, like Pitbull. Yeah, um, but <laughs> I just remember being in college and I was lifeguarding, and I'm just I have a notebook of awful names, right? Just like who the f- like what can I be? And I, I decided like, 
let's go with an acronym like I'm fucking rookie of the year you know like I'm I'm here I have arrived um also Mecca Okafor was one of my favorite basketball players and he had just won rookie of the year um a few years ago from that point um and I'm like okay the rookie beat Troy Troy sounds cool it was Troy Nathans for the longest I just threw my first name at the end Mm. Kind of sounds like a porn star name, but it does, doesn't it? Yeah. So that was a kind of thing for a while, and then I graduated college. Was a teacher. Had a big manic stint, like a two month long one. Quit my job, moved across the country. I I left. Where'd you move? Uh, Durango, Colorado. Oh, okay. It was the best time of my life. Um, Why would you move back? <laughs> I just still in a manic state. I called up my friend, said, "Do you want to chase these dreams for real?" Like. I started with my friend in Atlanta, and he's like, I'll think about it. And I called my other like collaborator and said, I will move across the country right now, and we can get a place, and we'll figure it out. And I did that. But the reasoning for Troy Nathan's to Troy left, it just became pretty obvious to me. I was leaving. Uh, I've always felt kind of left of center. Um, there have been times, and I incorporate that in my music, feeling left out um, mm. in particular ways. I'm um, left-handed, you know. Shit You're like, left-handed shit too. Like that. Yeah. Wow. So it it's is layered. It's there like are a lot of onion. layers. It like left is the most. I think it fits my identity. Mm -hmm. And Troy, like once someone referred to like I went and performed at an open mic, um, and I went by Troy for the first time, and it was a simple thing, but it was really profound to me. When after the show, they were like calling me Troy. They only knew me as Troy, and like that really to me validated um, my art you know yeah. they didn't see me as nathan like this was um my artistic vision coming forth in name form yeah so i i've i've had a bunch of weird ones that i've almost been louis odell was one i was huge on for louis odell. yeah louis odell i just thought it flows it does flow um it didn't age well though because it was based on louis ck and odell beckham <laughs> god so, damn yeah that's um, tough. yeah <laughs> So I'm glad oh, I never no. fully committed, but like I think for two months on SoundCloud I was Louis Odell. Okay, um, well that was before that happened. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's that's fair. So you thought about this a lot though. All the time, and I, I've never really. Again, I think it, maybe it's borderline personality related or something. But I've always wanted to know my identity, but I've I've been uncertain about it. I think there's this fluidity, this spectrum that we all exist on, and I don't know. So when you pick a name, like I really want it to fit. Yeah. But um. So Troy Left is the closest I ever got. Yeah, um, and then then uh, then I made it into a poem. The uh, reminiscer of youth left everything for truth. Like I was trying to play around with it. Mm -hmm. um, so it's still the layers keep growing. Yeah, well, that's interesting. So you never thought to in in having all this turmoil and trying to decide on a name because mm -hmm. it sounds like you had. A, I mean, you said you had a, a notebook like a list of yeah. all these different names that you couldn't settle on. Mm -hmm. You never thought like oh, maybe I should just go with Nathan Nathan something. Or did that cross your mind <coughs> as well? The only reason it did was because of Kendrick Lamar, but because mm. he just he's Kendrick Lamar Duckworth. But I just Nathan. Nathan doesn't seem. It's not very identifiable, you know. There are mm. a lot of Nathans. Yeah. Um. So I don't know, and it was also cool for a while to be able to separate myself from the concept of I Nathan. I do think that would be interesting. Yeah, but now it's getting kind of they're they're blending more and more. I actually almost changed my name permanently a couple of weeks ago and i i still been thinking about it um changing it to troy left no changing it from yeah changing it from troy left to try hard 
uh, with three eyes. Reason being, number of reasons. But my friend uh, passed away a couple months ago. Rest in peace, TriStar. But he. Oh, I'm uh, sorry for your loss, man. Yeah, I appreciate that. He um. He was just a beautiful soul, and he carried this like raw poetic spirit about him, that really inspired me and ins- informed this project too. The demos, the you can hear the rawness and shit. But, um. So I was like, okay, I, I wanna like. I wanted to release a project in his memory and then I was like, you know what? I don't even feel like I'm Troy Left anymore. Like I've always been called a tryhard my whole life. Uh, a few years ago I tried to reclaim that title with two of my friends, two producer friends. We went as Tryhard and we just like there's a song called Tryhard on my SoundCloud. It's it's uh I like that one a lot. So I resonate strongly with that, but I also when I ask people that there are so many different opinions, you know, like, well, there are different ways to honor people or are you going to regret moving Troy left or that's going to people are going to be really confused. And and then I hear, well, just do whatever it is you want to do because you're an artist. And like, why would you like just allow yourself to mm. proceed? But like I haven't pulled the trigger on it. Um, it's an interesting dilemma you find yourself in and a really serious like kind of thing. You know, it's like it's me lost a friends, you yeah. know, that's 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 heavy. You know, and to think, do you feel that you need to do something, you know, in almost response to that and like in doing this for him? You know, you said that he inspired a lot of mm-hmm. this project um, and you said that you were was this in like commander commemoration of him or it because it sounds like maybe you were working on it prior and then yeah things happen. Mm hmm. Well, once he passed, I knew that I wanted to honor it, like get a body of work ready because um, it's the urgency of it all. You know, like I I don't like withholding and then people around me are dying. And why not share what we were put here, born here to do? And he did that till his last day. So. You don't want to leave things unsaid. It's like almost if you were to, you know, if something were to happen. (coughs) Well, I didn't know, for example, I didn't know um, if I was going to be homeless or not a couple weeks ago. I didn't know if um, I would be in a mental hospital again. I didn't know if I'd be in a rehab center for an elongated amount of time when, like, my SoundCloud uh, fee would expire and all my music would get taken down and DistroKit too. It's like, I wasn't sure. And... I didn't feel I, I, I felt this impending sense of doom in my personal life. My mental health was deteriorating. I felt really unstable and I thought, you know what? This isn't gonna be pretty, but this is going to be what needs to happen to keep me alive right now. And um Tristan really and inf- Tristar really informed a lot of the way that I try to invest time into it. The last song, it might be second to last now, I keep tinkering with some things, but it's called Arrive. Um I cut the back version off just because I there's so much vulnerability for real is what it all started with that um, I felt so naked sharing it with anybody I I felt like ashamed in advance you know because I think we're all so predisposed now and conditioned to expect a finished music product that's mixed and mastered pure and it's all glossy and it's like no that wasn't my life my life wasn't glossy when it was happening it was like really raw and fearful you can hear it in my voice in some of the songs like oh it's yeah quivering and shit because i'm i'm not in spaces that um yeah it was 
it was a really intense thing and that intensity aligns with you know losing a friend I, I feel a tremendous sense of personal responsibility to make sure that his legacy is done justice and the way that i know how to do best is to keep that poetic spirit um and not let it extinguish um yeah no i i um that's beautiful thing first off i think it's extremely admirable um for you to be you know taking that kind of stance on it and it's a lot of it seems to me and uh, you know obviously i don't know 100 percent your situation but it seems like it's maybe a lot of weight as well you know this this thing and Eesh, i'm curious yeah. is it is that you said obviously you know he informed and and in wanting to honor you know him and his legacy this is very raw this project there is a lot of rawness there's a lot mm -hmm. of titles on the project are uh, end with demo or there's a timestamp. is is mm -hmm. that because of that is that a conscious decision because of how you're trying to keep it as raw as possible yeah i also just wanted to include some of those stamps to inform the listener of and for a while i think i took some of them down but it even says in parentheses what take it was because most of it was done in one take that's just the kind of artist that i prefer to be i've been in studios before with punching in all the time and like it's not disingenuous to me, but as a performer, like as someone who, when you write it out, like as you're building the verse, it gets more and more fun. It's always been hard for me to throttle down mid verse, like, okay, let's punch in and keep that same energy. I'm like, no, I'm just gonna go. Mm. And people who inspire me of that nature are like Kendrick Lamar, his, when I saw the TDE show in Chicago and it changed my whole life. It was like seeing Jesus. Um, oh really? He had no backtrack and he, hit every single like i'm like this is this is what i want to aspire to so breath control is crazy breath control is crazy on guys like right? that yeah. yeah and um so i always i try to tell people too or maybe they just witness it for themselves but my live performances sound very similar you know I'm yeah not, there's no backtrack so this tape is like when i start going to open mics and performing some of them i'm really excited to play uh say less by the way i appreciate okay. you sharing yeah i love that one for that, real um just things like that. Um, yeah. No, I, th I think it's really cool. So how, how do you, how do you go from kind of, it, again, it sounds like you were working on this prior to this thing happening, which again, yeah. I'm very sorry for that's, yeah, that's not you. a small thing. And mm. I appreciate you, you know, being open enough to share that with us and the listeners. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, this thing happens and that's informing, you know, some of the decision-making processes you're going through towards the finalizing it. Yeah. How do you settle on a name, uh, the left tape? The left tape? Well, to be honest, it was very close to being called Call Me Crazy because I felt like I was in psychosis and I was just like almost hyper fixating on who Daniel Johnston embodied as an artist. Um, so I was just like, it was going to be called me it was going to be called call me crazy and then i was like no it just has to be something and i initially did something called 365 and 365 um i failed at it but nipsey hustle and gary v of all people were chopping it up in a room and this is a tangent but i hope i can bring it around okay and uh gary was like you know what there's going to be someone out there crazy enough to just try and make a song a day for a whole year and they're just and I got to like 78, like I really set out for it. Um, and I forget what I called that, but right after I did that, I, I went back and looked and I had like 300 songs that I had released. So I just made this playlist called Troy's Leftography. And it was just like 
seven and a half hours of my shit. Jesus Christ. So yeah. when I was thinking, well, I liked the leftography concept. I've done left messages as a mini tape before. I like incorporating left in. And I was like, well, this is just like a left tape. And um, it wasn't really, I wasn't, I thought that was like a safe way to go about it. You know, yeah. that's the left tape. I think it fits. Thank you. I think it fits. And, and it works. And, and the project's really good. And I'm going to plug it one more time, guys. The left tape, left tape, right? There's not the on it. It's just... Is there a the I think it's called the Left Tape Demos. Okay, and and it's under you look up Troy Left SoundCloud, right? It's mm -hmm. on SoundCloud right now. Yeah, and it'll people be on can all check it out. Um, once I finally land on, like, step away from it, because I haven't stepped away from it. Yet. I just oh. uploaded another one yesterday. Okay, <laughs> interesting. Making changes already. I um, there's uh one of the instrumentals you have on there that I've I've had in a playlist, on on like a private playlist that I've been like, I have like a song to. Yeah. For the longest time, and I was like, "This motherfucker, bro." He no way, which one? It's I. I can't remember off the top of my head the name, man. It's, it's um the sample in the background. It, it goes something like like when I get lost, na na na, I think of you. It like I have a I like did an interpolation of that. Oh, I gotta hear on it. it. I I never recorded it. It's it's written, and I have um it was for this project I was doing called uh, Honesty that I don't know if and when will come out, but um. For sure. Uh, yeah, I've had it saved for like three years, so I was like, "Well, I didn't do anything with it, so I think it's okay." Oh, um, yeah, but I was excited, I, and I I like a lot of the sound selection. I think is really good, man. I, I really enjoy the project. Um, in going through some of your stuff, you know, uh, we talked prior when you were you were on the Sad Girl Next Door podcast. Mm -hmm. Shout out Taylor and Sad yeah, Girl Next Door. Um, you, we were talking before, and you had mentioned. Uh, that you you kind of bounced around a little bit how you talked how here with California or Colorado but you also yeah. went to Minnesota for a while yes I did and I was curious about your time in Minnesota because I believe you were you were performing a lot correct yeah Minnesota Minneapolis um, I have so much love in my heart for it I the quick story that I can give about falling in love with it is one of my friends who lived in Minneapolis sent me this like flyer for a radio contest and it was it's called Shut Up and Rap and you like submit a song they pick eight people who's the big is there's the DJ attached to that right DJ Bonix okay uh, yeah was Khalifa's tour DJ there was uh Augie who's the shit uh Lizzo's tour DJ uh Sophia Aris was there too okay, they sweet. were the ones coordinating it and so I saw I saw that that contest existed and I'm like, I, I gotta, I gotta go. So I just drove four and a half hours. I, I submitted my thing. I got in to compete and, um, I performed. I got second the first time I was so, or third actually. And that was more brutal, man, because they called it a two way tie between those guys. And then they had them do a freestyle like rap off. And I just had to sit there with my third place ass. Damn. Like, man, this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Cause like, but um, so I went back like immediately the next week. I'm like doing it again, trying a different song. That one was even more intense because people like were bringing their local friends to support, but then like their cross arm for other performers. And I drove, no one knew me. So yeah. it was just me trying to win over a room who didn't want me to win. Yeah. Um, but I loved it. And I remember I would, I dropped in on one that I didn't compete in and uh, it was the finals and JSO Creative won. And I was like, Jaso's the shit. Um, I have to like figure out what's going on. I congratulated her and I'm like, where are you guys going after this? I met her manager and stuff and her manager eventually became mine. Um, and I would just go up all the time. There was a show that we did in Duluth 
um, once he was my manager, Jason and I did. And we get in the car, my car, in the morning, and I'm like, I got to show you a couple songs, a couple beats. And she's like, where are we recording this? And I'm like, I don't know, but I got to go home right now, back to Janesville. It's like four and a half hours away. She's like, let's go. So she just came back with me. And then for four days, we just made a cool ass project. And uh, she became like a sister figure to me. We've been through a lot together. One of my favorite people on earth. And I tried to move back to Minneapolis in 2018 to live with my manager, but I was not mentally stable. I was going through, um, I, I was in a abusive living situation, um, was enduring a lot. And the Mac Miller died right when I moved. Mm. Like right when I like dropped my shit off and I was just walking to the park and I'm like, Mac Miller's dead and I I spiraled even harder. What um, do you think it was about that? that About Mac passing? Yeah, that hit you. Um, You know, Mac, you saved my life. Um, it's super tragic, you know, when addicts pass and being one, it's, it's heart-wrenching. You should never intentionally spiral harder. Like, I don't know what I was doing to spiral for it. Like, I should have fought harder to get away from that, to have that not be my fate. But, like, I, there's just a lot I couldn't handle. Um, so I moved back to my abuser's house. Like, that's the kind of not right mind I was in and, like, ended up in a mental hospital a couple times and, like, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that's, a, that's a tough time. There's a lot of turmoil lot. in times like that. Yeah, I've seen some shit. Um, but it really, I try to present the information especially like in my music people wonder why it's dark and they tell me like you got to just go that different lane like you could be jack harlow if you and i'm like okay but that's not my truth you know like it can be there's some fun i try to have fun moments um when i was in love a couple years ago some of those songs were really sick but if i'm not in that headspace i can't force it out so um mm. i think this project i'm, I'm grateful it's out because i hadn't released anything in over a year and in making it an extended tape and some songs from 2018, some throwing, like, I'm trying to give a whole perspective on how cyclical this all can really be and how there can still be beauty and art within those moments, even if they are pained. I don't expect it to be like a, you know, I guess I'm not sure, but. No, I, I think that's an interesting um, perspective that, or things that interesting thing you're having to deal with if people are coming to you and be like, hey, you could be this, you could be more. It's an interesting. I couldn't imagine. <coughs> well, maybe it's coming from a place of love. I don't want to discredit these people entirely, but it, you know, that's a tough thing to say to somebody who's a creative. You know, like yeah. you should be doing this thing. Like you well, could be whatever. I yeah. know sometimes it comes from a place of love, and I definitely have creative friends where yeah. I see potential in them, and I see them, you know, sort of slipping off whatever path it is they want to do, or they're mm -hmm. getting tangled up in other things. And yeah. I hope that if and when something like that was happening to me, you know, somebody would pick up the phone and call and be like, Hey Darren, where's, where's the podcast, bro? You did it for a hundred some weeks straight. And now it's not happening. What's going on? You know, yeah. those things, I think it's important to have people like that. Mm -hmm. but if someone, you know, your art is your art. Mm -hmm. And if it's not done in a constructive way, just saying, why aren't you Jack Harlow could be <laughs> kind of, you know? Yeah. And I mean, shitty. everyone, I guess people, people make comparisons and things. That's, that's their frame of reference for things. And it's not with me, not just solely. It's, we all like to, like who's the who's the Kobe Bryant of this? Who's the this of this? We we try how we to, make sense of the world. Yeah, we try to grab on like, oh, you remind. Yeah, so I'm not I'm not overly concerned about it, but it it does kind of affect the way that I, you know, I I've been trying. I, I've been experimenting a little bit after this Jack release. I was like, all right, 
let me just try this mode a little bit and see like metal with it kind what of what is like that mode to you what does it mean to you uh just being more braggadocious more laid back chill cool fun guy like mm. jack tends yeah. to present like i'm the exact opposite i'm very uptight intense uh fidgety and shit and there's a reason for that mm -hmm. um so it is kind of fun to do those exercises it feels um against the grain of who i am but um there's always a lesson to be learned while you're doing that and experimenting, failing, trying, failing better. Pushing yourself, right? So you just get yeah. reps in at the end I of mean, the day. I mean, yeah, man. I used to rap to the windshield wipers and my blinker and stuff before I had a sound system. I, I, any beat that I ever <laughs> hear, I'm like, how can I, you know, I don't care what it is. Um, but to try and, as an artist, work on themes and work on, like, that's a lifelong thing. You can always tinker and tamper. Yeah. Well, and it, you know, it sounds like, I mean, obviously everybody and it sounds like you went through this period especially where mm. there was so much darkness really mm. all these terrible things going on yeah. um either happening to you or happening for you whatever it was you know of course be pretty hard to be like making love songs <laughs> and like yeah let's let's have a, a party song here and there like yeah. that's that's got to be difficult you know but i'm sure as you you know move into a space where maybe you begin to feel better or you get yeah. things you know stabilize a little bit you know those things will come and it's yeah. we're not and nobody is is one thing you not know at all, no. so like you don't be afraid to step out of that box if i were to no, not no. that you're asking for advice no me, i appreciate but you your advice. you're very talented in Thank what you, you do and i think likewise. not trying to sound like your friend but if you wanted to you could be jack Rod, you know what i'm saying oh you're my friend you, you know well, you no know? I, I know oh i see what you're saying you, you can have fun you can have fun yeah. you can still do i i know there is a there is a uh, darker angle in some of your music especially yeah. right but that doesn't mean that you don't also have days where you laugh at things i'm oh, sure absolutely. you you know i think people people tell me that i have an intimidating presence sometimes before they meet me because i just seem so fucking like i can laugh too sometimes yeah we have to of course also people are funny and being a human is absurd so like there are bound to be those times um i appreciate you saying though that um you know those were the times that i was in and i think that's what we do as artists right like we're emotional dude that's what we do we yeah. take what what's going in around it we're yeah. a lot of especially when it comes to and i want to talk to you specifically about this because of uh your history and and from what it seems like your knowledge on the topic but especially when it comes to hip-hop specifically is a very it's a very observant genre mm -hmm. it's very much looking at what is happening not that others aren't mm -hmm. you know but in hip-hop maybe more so specifically a lot of our favorite artists a lot of the artists that make um extremely impactful music aren't they're they're almost acting as similarly to comedians mm. and not in the sense that it's super funny but in the sense that they're like we are all just living in this world right now yeah. however awesome or fucked up it is in mm -hmm. our perspective and all they're doing is literally just showing you the same thing the same circle mm. and just showing you look at this look at this right here they're just yeah. pointing out what's going on exactly. and and whether that's your own story, you're telling someone else's story, whatever it is, it's very, um, you know, this is the state of things. Yeah. And that's another thing I thought was interesting about the timestamps on, mm -hmm. on the project. Because um, for me, I, I really, I got annoyed when uh, Childish Gambino dropped that project that, that we were talking about yeah, prior to this. Yeah, only dates. Yeah. Pissed me off when mm -hmm. it's only that. Because I have no, it's like this gives me no yeah. idea what's going on. The features are blank, like whatever, all this shit. Kind of annoying. Yeah. I love Childish Gambino, but that but it pissed me off a little bit. Yeah. Um. But I do think it's interesting from how, a, like, a, the place of of observing that hip hop comes from, 
mm-hmm. and and to you know include things like that because this is this is a song I'm writing and this take and, and I'm doing it at when this it was time. Upload. Yeah, yeah, you know, and it's like this is this is giving the context to the mindset I was in and the things I was thinking and feeling. Mm-hmm. So I think it's interesting. Um, yeah, you know, and that's what we do as artists. I, I'm going if I'm going through a great time, I'm probably gonna write, you know, some more fun chill songs for me and the boys to right. you know be singing at a campfire right be vibing vibing Absolutely. out there's gonna be some ukuleles for sure yeah you know but if i'm if if i'm feeling slighted by somebody that i i put a lot of trust and time into yeah you might hear a darker trap beat and me talking something on it you know that's how yeah. it goes that's i feel like as as creatives that's what we're i wouldn't say you know like I'm not very religious, so I wouldn't say like blessed with, but that's like mm. something that that we kind of carry is the ability to do that. Yeah, um, it's definitely in us. Yeah, in it, it's it, I won't even say just say it's an ability because for me it's I feel like I was very very bad at like most of the creative endeavors that mm. I started out doing when yeah. I when I started I think I was terrible at everything, <laughs> and but I just I really wanted to be good at them, mm-hmm. and I think in honing that skill absolutely it's sort of giving me like it's an itch now if i feel something i have to make a song about mm-hmm. it or i i get in trouble sometimes at work because i i'm at work doing something and yep. i get a lyric and i pull the f- i don't give a fuck Good, fire dude. me i'm so glad Yo, <laughs> there, there was this one uh, i was bartending a quinceanera for 800 people oh shit. and i slipped into the cooler and i because i had this whole five part thing in my head and i was just like yeah I, I gotta go back out there real quick like I'm looking for the corona and then run back in and get it but like I think that's a really cool part of who we are you know yeah that's just it has to get out you you have to and, and if you don't like if I don't I feel guilty because then what happens is yeah. I forget it mm. it's fleeting when you get those moments of of like true true inspiration yeah. there's ways to you know you know kind of callous your mind to be able to do it easier mm-hmm. um, and doing it every day and stuff like that but yeah. when you get that like really really that that thing you're like oh fuck and if you don't go do it right away it's gone <laughs> and then you're just sitting there like i don't even know what i forgot but i'm fucking pissed at myself that i yeah, forgot dude. it yeah. and and it's a, it's an annoying thing yeah. um but it, it's but it's interesting and so you in your time bringing a circle on us back to minnesota right in your time in minnesota yeah. you got to open up for some dope artists as well right we yeah. talked about this last time you were here mm-hmm. when you were after taylor's show um yeah. i'm really grateful to jso for bringing me on stage for those moments yeah tech nine was a big one that's insane that was a very fun young gravy open too that was absurd did you, you meet know? young gravy no i didn't want to meet young gravy why uh young gravy didn't want to meet anyone else and also i was not digging the vibe nor was the room it was kind of like that's why it's so weird because this was a little like he ascended pretty substantially yeah. and he's from minneapolis so it was just like he went so to madison i think for school too for a little is bit that right yeah but just like imagine tech nines fans <laughs> and young gravy fans not the same blended and then like we're our own you know we're doing our own thing and it's just like this is interesting but mm. it was it was so sick i i cringe at my performance like i i can run the tape back in my head and be like all right that moment that breath that tonality like it the stakes felt that high to me you know it's Damn. like because <laughs> we're opening for tech nine right? i mean he's like for a long time the goat maybe even still arguably like the goat for independence as an artist he's the highest selling um touring artist of like for the last however many years he he that's tours crazy. more than anyone in the country and he's he's up there now right he's almost 50 maybe he is 50 yeah. that's crazy dude yeah. and it's like he's not necessarily who i turn on all the time but yeah. um he 
really really good at what he like it was really inspiring bro yeah he he's somebody the thing i I love a lot of tech nine i listen to me my friends used to listen to a lot of him Mm -hmm. um i haven't i'm not gonna pretend that i've been super tapped into anything he's done recently i don't know i know because i know he releases a lot of music um but he i mean he is he's a workhorse and he built a he built a following and he knows exactly what they want and he knows that kind of he knows how to make that and too dude yeah, the city. he's he's uh yeah super talented and it, and it is crazy that he's you know so close to where we're at. But I couldn't yeah. imagine him and Gravy performing in the same night. And I love Gravy. Yeah, I yeah. I enjoy Young Gravy's music. I think he's um talented. And I think he's a hilarious personality as well. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I could not imagine mm-hmm. if those two songs came on shuffle like the shuffle back to back. I would I'd be like, yeah, it's Let a different vibe. Having the fans all in the room and I it. I have a degree in sociology um, and education, and I just love moments like that where you you see, oh, gravy's on the bill now. Like, oh, the fa- this is going to be an observational opportunity. <laughs> like, so was there like, do you think how much crossover do you think they have in fans? Just got to be a little, right? I know tech. I suppose tech nine is yeah. he is uh, from yeah, yeah. what I've heard. He is his like fan base, especially that come to shows. I know he's talked about it in music. He, he is a high percentage of white people that do really bikers too bikers too interesting yeah so i was watching on gravy like jump in stage dive into the crowd rapping about and the biker people are just like when is tech nine coming on yeah (laughs) but it's cool though too to be able to just recognize that um the whole night was it was pure you know yeah it was really cool that's gonna that's the uh that's the beauty of of being on the come up as an artist right getting to see stuff like that it's so sick and it's cool the people who come up after and they're like i don't know who the fuck you are but like it's really nice to meet you and i'm like this is what i do this for connecting with people and like it's been really hard over the last couple years um just with inaccessibility of venue spaces to perform and i'm really itching to do that um for that reason of being able to connect yeah those pure moments it's a different feeling when you're actually getting to like i think it brings a different life into your own music where you know especially people where we're not we're not drake we're not there's not 20 guys in the studio with me trying to like make you know make sure that i'm having a good time and they're all and i'm like oh they're all having like i have very rarely am i recording with a lot of people you know i'm recording i'm writing by myself i'm doing it and i mix and master so it's like i'm there's a lot of songs that no one else will fucking hear until it comes out. My brother will hear it. I'll be like, hey, fucking listen to this a couple times, mm-hmm. and he'll hear it a couple hundred times. But other than that, no one else is fucking hearing the shit right. until it comes out. And so when you do that and people you know, people share it on social media, don't stop doing that. I love when you, you guys do that. But um, it's a different when you see that, and then afterwards someone comes up to you. I had a high school bully of mine come up to me nice, almost in tears and like give me a hug and be like man i'm so sorry like he's let's like go. your shit like let's go he literally he was like he was like uh what did he say to me he's like man i was so nervous that that you guys weren't gonna you know be able to do it and, and you did it man and you, you're killing it i'm just so proud of everything you got going on and like we don't talk yeah we didn't talk prior we don't we didn't talk really after yeah but like in that you know in that moment that you're connecting with that person it's a it's a bizarre feeling it's a and beautiful it's thing it really it great breaks a lot of barriers down you know what's the Um, sweetest thing someone's ever said to you after a show after a show well it kind of goes hand in hand with during the show i was doing a song and i look in the crowd and this girl is singing 
the whole chorus and like I had just put it out that day or t- and I'm just like oh my god and then she came up to me and said this song like has helped save my life over the past couple of days and like I want to go get counseling because of your song thank you and I just like damn I don't know where I broke down or when like how many minutes later because the adrenaline was in but like I definitely that hit me hard you know oh how could it not that's crazy and it kind of it uh in a way retroactively justified all of the self second guessing of you know is this even worth doing yes it is because there are people out there who receive it for me it's not about how many people like it would be nice to get enough to live off of bro but yeah um, i'm also like planting these seeds for people i'm never gonna meet that's my favorite part about um i guess music but libraries especially is that's just hundreds and hundreds of years of dead people who used to not be and who bore whatever it is that they felt was important enough so i'm i'm trying to do that too like i think hopefully 100 years from now some random ass person finds my submerged vinyl and it's this back end shop and it's like who the fuck is it like yeah because i i there are people who've saved my life that have been dead for hundreds of years you know and it's like wow there i think the only way to retroactively thank them is to think along that same way yeah no that's an interesting perspective yeah. it's a uh, it's a it's a beautiful way of looking at especially art mm. you know in in that it's so impactful to have somebody come up to you just a couple of days after this thing and you know you save this person's life potentially or you know or, or it provided Impacted something in it. a moment to to help them hold on to something you know or yeah. help reach for something or like i think the way the it's similar to kind of what you're describing is like i try to think of of the songs that i was listening to even when I was in like high school and I'm yeah. like, you're getting, you're, you're finally like creating like your own music taste, you know? Yeah. Cause like up until then you're kind of you got your parents stuff and yeah. I didn't have a, we didn't have like a, we had like a family laptop. So mm-hmm. like I didn't get a lot of time on that right. until a certain age. And it would like, I would wake up before school every day when I was uh, a freshman in high school at like five in the morning. So that's to listen cause first? I, yeah, just to go on this laptop that mm-hmm. we shared. Cause like I couldn't use it any other time of day. Yeah. And I would just like, I'd heard someone I'd heard someone like say a name of an artist at school and I would just look up that person top five songs by so-and-so Hell top yeah. 10 songs by so-and-so and that's, that's like savvy dude. and but that's all I would do and like yeah. every morning like I would get up and like I would literally be doing my homework because I hated doing it the night before I'm just a procrastinator yeah. so like I would do it the day it was due mm. in the morning while I'm like listening to the top five that's that's how I found out who Tech Nine was actually was okay. during this time because yeah. I was like he was advertised for a show at the rave and oh, I got I a got targeted you. ad, so yeah. good job YouTube and the rave. But yeah, shout out rave. So I then opened for Yogati at the rave. Yogati, really? Thirteen. Did you meet him? Talking about weird times. I didn't even make the show. What? <laughs> yeah. How did you open for him? Well, on the drive there, we look to our right and we realize on the interstate that that is Yogati's limo next to us. So we were just freaking out the whole time, like blasting his music, just like Yo. we probably don't even know we're opening for him, but. Uh, when I say open, dude, this is like a contest that the rave had. Like, once you get 50, like, submit a song, and once it hits 50 shares, like, you get to open for them. Um, Interesting. And they just put you, like, on a side stage. Great sound system, but, like, basically the gates were closed. And while people were waiting to get into the main room, that's when they were <laughs> They're were being performing. forced to listen to yes. you, basically. And they're also 200 <laughs> yards away at that gate. So you're, like, rapping across the football field. 
just trying to win them over, you know, yeah. and like get someone to come up. And, You're like, just gonna be like, hey, who's hype for Yo Gotti? They're like, hey, yeah, hey this is my song called yeah, Shut the Fuck yeah. Up. And it's like, oh shit, when is he done? Like, yeah. So, you know, but those are really cool learning moments too, and you still felt like on top of the world, you know? It's yeah. Like, no matter what, I opened for Yo Gotti. It was funny though, because after that, um, I think we met a couple people, and then someone's like, let's go do a like something creative and we just didn't do good didn't go to the show yeah <laughs> and i regret that though because um was that with J was that with jso or was that with someone your no, other no it was just me okay I, I used to just enter contests and okay. like i opened at a uh airplane hangar ufc event in milwaukee in like 2012 and won a clothing sponsorship and uh from this contest and what clothing sponsorship that's interesting stuff. yeah my uh I've I've known Chad Addy. Shout out to Chad Addy uh, for a while. Went lived in Janesville too. Um, <laughs> we worked at a lumber yard together one summer, and I'm like, hey man, I rap. I just put out my first tape, and he's like, oh that's cool, man. I do clothes, and like, we should collab on something down the road. And then he let me know he was doing a contest, and the winner was sponsored by him, Indestructible Clothing, um, his brand, and I got to go to Chicago Recording Company in Chicago, which is like a state of the art like. Damn. historic place where a lot of people a lot of my idols have um recorded and so i got to do that make a music video and like yeah it was it that's was, pretty sweet it was pretty fun and i guess like shout out to what was the name of it you said chad addy and indestructible clothing indestructible clothing. i still have the shout shirt and it's in perfect condition i'm like damn dude you knocked it out the it park. is indestructible look at that yeah, bro just yeah, like yeah. it says serious that's super cool man that's yeah. that's really cool um now you know you mentioned this you know, partnership with, with JSO at yeah. a time, you guys were performing a lot together. Did, how is it for you when it comes to collaboration? I know we talked live for it. I know we talked prior back when you had done Taylor's show about uh, a little bit about like you were used to be in like a duo or yeah. something yeah. is, is what, what was a duo? Do you feel comfortable talking about yeah, that? We don't yeah, have to get into it. was the shit until, uh, we went our, our ways, but, yeah. um, again, Boulay college. Were yeah. there some lines on this project? addressing that it um, sounded like there were a few that I, I felt maybe could have been applicable from the knowledge i do have on the situation I'm, i might have to go through and reread them um i can't think of like the specific one i also yeah I'm have you sorry. responded with music have you ever because i know this was like an interesting situation for you and again we don't have to get into the details if you don't want yeah to, i've responded to different things i guess like when it writes itself out organically and then i'm listening back like oh my subconscious decided that now it's time to share this mm -hmm. then it kind of happens so i uh i released like there are co there's one song on here that was about a different roommate um and a different kind of abuse so like th there are those moments uh but but so you had this duo yeah we both w were uh went to belay college and i <laughs> i was trying to get this cute girl's number at lunch she's a photographer and i'm like you do art obviously like that's awesome and she's like do you do art and i'm like i i do music but she's like you need to go downtown and there's this giant studio there and you can take a class there so i took a recording class he was in it i became best friends with the uh, with the uh, like ta mm. and we just went from there i wrote everything he sang i would like i would like hum it and would be like do this and like he had one of the craziest voices i've ever heard in my life it's like john legend on steroids dude damn and, uh you know, we had that duo and we shocked the shit out of people. You know, we'd show up and like, I'm tall, he's a little shorter. I'm white, he's not. 
Um, people think I'm going to start singing. He starts singing. I come in rapping. They're like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. Like, who are these these kids? Because that's really just what we were. And I think there was a lot of potential that we just will have ended up missing out on. Like, if, if, if that would have been able to go, okay, there's a, there's a parallel universe um, <laughs> where we're doing big things. Yeah, but, that's interesting. Yeah. So what is it a when it comes to collaborating because I, I know for me mm. i i enjoy collaborating with people as well yeah, it's difficult though with you too, man. we we gotta we gotta do something it can be difficult right like you you um you actually take clients in right like yeah so there's a little bit of a difference there versus working with who you want to that collaboration process is different than like yeah being obligated when to it comes to. when it comes to like making my own music or like if people like i don't do features for money no. at least to this point i haven't yeah. right and i don't to this point, I also haven't paid for a feature. Mm -hmm. I, I like, I enjoy working with people I want to work with. Yeah. So I have a song out with somebody, even if we're not cool now, mm -hmm. you know, I, I love that song. Yeah. I love that person in that moment mm -hmm. for those, for that time, you know, and I don't, I don't force things in that, in that regard, you know, but when it comes to like, if I'm doing work for somebody, I'm doing work for somebody, mm -hmm. you know, if someone's like, Hey, I'm going to pay you you know, to do the song. I, well, I hate working on my other job. So I was like, fuck yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do this yeah, for my business. For this sure. is great. Um, but yeah, for me, collaboration is tough just cause everybody, I think I find in this maybe because maybe this is, uh, um, in my own head a little bit, but I just think because people haven't gotten my ideas when I've told them originally. Hmm. And when I, when I speak on what I want to do, um, oftentimes people are like, you know what are you and then i go do it and i show them it and it, oh okay i get it nah, nah, nah. Okay. so it's hard for me to like mm. um do anything from a place of like like from the ground up with people like i find more success in my collaborations where it's like i go do the thing i get it all ready for you to just come in and yeah, plug in that's because it, it's difficult for people i don't know if it's people don't buy in maybe i'm a bad salesman about no, it or I, I don't know. Or maybe sometimes it, it just doesn't work out. Like for instance, we had, I had, I'd done a show a couple of years ago and it was, um, the venue is not traditionally a music venue. Mm. They had stage equipment. They, they do stuff from time to time. They'll have bands and acts come in and they had all this stuff and whatever, whatever, two weeks before the show, they end up letting us know that, uh, we loaned that stuff to this other band and we were going to get it back for you guys. We'd booked the show three months in advance. Mm. And they're like, we were going to get it back, but uh, they're in a different state right now, so we can't. Damn, and they're like, so I don't know what you guys want to do. And do? <laughs> so I, to the dismay of some people close to me, and mm. they did not want this. They thought it was a dumb idea. I uh, did some research online. I went to Home Depot. I bought um, all the lumber, um, chopped it up, built a fucking stage, um, went and rented a PA system um for the night that's I'm, incredible we yeah it was uh, a lot of ridiculous shit um that i ended up doing just to make sure it worked out but it, for me like the end product like people are like that's stupid that's mm. a ridiculous why are you gonna do that that's kind of crazy like that's dumb this is one show i'm like but the thing is and it, that was my first show mm. so i was like this is my first show it's me and my friend like i'm there's no opener i'm i'm it you built the Show, you know, dude. so everyone yeah. who's coming is coming for this, right? Kudos so, like, for doing that, that's and I'm sorry that you had to work against so much like external resistance, but I'm glad you did it. Did it go well? It did, it went really well. There's oh, a, we yeah. did a documentary on it actually because I, I was filming like the stuff, uh, yeah. I'll send it to you when we're done. It was really cool and it was a lot of fun. And I, um, I'm super thankful with the way it turned out. But it, it something like that, for example, is mm -hmm. something that everyone was just telling me, like, this is really dumb, 
don't do this don't waste the money on that don't do whatever yeah and people dude, saying things are dumb i don't know it's kind of overrated to me unless they yeah uh when it comes to, i get most of it the thing is like we've all been in a place where i don't think i've ever been in a place have the where people I'm, who i'm sorry but have the people i can't lose it the thought have people who have been critiquing you like that ever been so bold as to do something like that because i think no. that's where the legitimacy kind of exits for me you know what i mean yes. like if you're not yeah. out here making bold moves and trying to make shit happen like to me it just sounds like you want to be a naysayer like go ahead yeah <laughs> no i agree and that's and that's what i will say yeah none of those none of the people that were like this is a stupid idea or yeah. didn't understand it at all uh have done anything similar yeah you know or any anything i'm putting you, themselves out I there hope you don't have to be this petty but it'd be cool if you were to send them the documentary like hey remember how you thought this was stupid oh yeah some of them watched it we're, we're good yeah. they they know they uh, uh cool. and they and they got to see the the other inner turmoil i was dealing with but it was yeah, yeah. it yeah. stuff like that it, it bothers me and like you said credibility right? right if if somebody that i know who's also done sim taken similar risks and done similar things it's like hey maybe you should yeah. try this there's a credibility there where I'm like, okay, yeah. wait, maybe this person just cares about what I'm doing and yep. they want to give me advice Bro, as opposed this to... Is, this is so on the nose in terms of relatability for me right now, man, because uh, a week ago I DM my friend and I said, I'm going to walk across the country to TDE and I'm going to try to get, like, talk to Top Dog or Punch or Isaiah Rashad and I'm going to have my hard drive with me. I'm just walking across... I'm going to fucking do it, man. I, you've traveled all around the world for years and years and years. Like, you're going to be the one to have to help me figure this out. And he's like, all right, dude, are you, you a little ramped up right now? And I'm like, clearly, dude, but uh, extreme measures, right? I was, I was trying to say to him, like, I want to Forrest Gump myself to with a purpose. I'm not just running to run. I'm fucking getting to TDE, like J. Cole standing in the rain waiting for Jay-Z or, like, you know, shit like that. Yeah. But then he's like, what are you going to do when you get there? And I'm like... This is why I needed you to keep me in check, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was just going to, hooray, I'm here. And it's like, all right. Could be interesting, man, if you got on TikTok and documented that That's every single day. Too. That's a thing, too. And then it's like, It would okay. build some hype as you're doing yeah. it. People would come out and be like, look it's at this. It's also crazy dangerous. and like Super dangerous. Um, Mike Posner walked across the United he got, States. He almost died. He yeah. got stung. Yeah. Like, yeah, terrifying. However, in that mode, man, uh, you know, still trying to grieve and trying to grieve my friend blue who took their life like two weeks prior to it like it, it got so intense man that i'm like i just dropped this project and like i have the right cosigns from the people who mean the most to me there's no reason that i shouldn't fully believe in this but like i'm trying to shake shit up now because i'm trying to get us all to the table now before more of us pass mm -hmm. like it was that bleak to me so i'm like um even less about generating the attention and shit, which would probably be, be nice because I'm broke as shit. And like if they would want to Venmo me some like macaroni and cheese money on my way through Idaho, like that would help me. For sure. Yeah. But, like there'd be a lot that would have to go into it. And I think it'd be a lot easier if one person or a couple were to go with me. But A, that could come off as really self-absorbed. But B, it could be a cool like, I don't know. I, th I try to think of these grandiose ideas and um, they don't ever fully dissipate. They don't always extinguish. Like I've been thinking about trying to do something drastic for a while but interesting i can just believe that if isaiah were to walk outside open the door and like i believe in how that would go so you believe so where does you sounds like there is a lot of you know i mean we talked we were joking beforehand you said that you're you're constantly in existential crisis Always, dude. 
so it, it sounds like that Kool-Aid. there's an interesting um, kind of split going on mm-hmm. within you where it's like you believe in yourself. Like, you know, you're good enough. And I've been told that by the people that that mean you know, it the most to you I have the utmost respect for. And I, I yeah, but you still seem, you know, like like you're when you're pulling off on social media because yeah. you feel like you're sharing too much or you're doing these things. Mm. But, you know, you there's this other side of you that knows that what you're doing is important. What you're doing is good enough, yeah. like whatever. What, why do you think there there is such this this split inside you? I think it's that duality. Like, um, I need it to happen now um, mm. because of wanting to get everyone to the table. But then, like, I know I have to get myself right, and that's been really hard. The, again, the cyclicality of it's almost of addiction and mental illness. It's like. Bro, I haven't been able to get my feet under me in 10 years of doing this as a career just because anytime there was some momentum gained, something would come in swinging. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that that's what int- the urgency intensifies for me to like want to walk across the country or do something that nuts. Um, do you think it's just a matter of because you're talking about like the cyclical nature of things? It feels like the pressure of the the day to day or week to week shit that's going yes, on is you, yes. keeping you put big time dude. and it's like you want to do this big thing that just starts and once yes. you just go in this new direction yeah. like you'll be new faced with new things day to day but it won't be this yeah I, i've been told by a few close family members of mine that i should consider applying for disability because of how debilitatingly uh unbearable actual work is for me like i end up on the fetal position in the floors of break rooms just like fighting demons the entire like i can't handle it and then i usually fly off the fucking rail until i can like that's when i that's after i lost my sea house job the live venue job that was like my favorite job ever um but i i treat this music as a job you know i even treat new releases like uh jack's release futures release push it like that's me studying like Mm -hmm. i every thursday at 11 p.m when it all drops like i'm in study mode I, i this is who i am so like this um, I started the tangent, but it's important to me. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Well, you take it very seriously and you, you, <laughs> you, um, you definitely, yeah. you know, your stuff. You even, I mentioned when I introduced you, you yeah. gave a Ted talk yeah. on rapping hip hop in education yeah. and its place in education. Right. Um, for people that haven't seen it, you should check it out. The TikTok, If you look up, I believe if, I think the name of it, cause I had just recently checked it out cause I wanted to make sure that I had the title right because I'd seen it a couple months ago. Hip hop, hip hop's place in education. Yeah, TED one. Talk. Yeah, you did it at Beloit College. I did after I graduated. I have so many questions about sure. this. How, <laughs> first off, how do you get asked to do? How does becoming a TED Talk speaker happen? How do you get asked? Do they ask you? Do you apply? I got nominated by the dean. Of Interesting. The college. Um, they wanted to do a TEDx event, and I was, I think, one of two alumni who got reached out to um the rest were like professors and um so yeah it was basically like hey we want you to apply for this ted event so we need like a 11 page brief summary of like what you'll be doing and you have like two weeks to submit it and i was like oh i didn't even know that this was on my radar and i already have a deadline and like holy shit so it was like what did they did they think you were going to talk about what you ended up talking about yeah yeah because i i outlined it all in the like whatever form and i i even got to do like a a mini run through a couple days prior 
I ended up scrapping the whole thing the night before. By the way, I I finally reread the rules and was like, oh, I didn't I didn't cite these sources right. This this image is oh man. So I just chugged yeah. it, which I think saved me because it was so fresh in my mind. I was like cramming procrastinator style that I didn't use a note card. I just like I'd take a little peek at the screen and be like, I've memorized these over the past four hours. Like <laughs> yeah. So the experience itself was unreal. Um. I mean, it's crazy, dude. You fucking gave a TED talk. Yeah, I saw you have you had a post somewhere buried in your Instagram that was like, "Welcome to my TED talk" with yeah. a picture of you in it, and yeah, I'm just like, well, "Dude, that's hilarious!" Because of like the <laughs> meme of that and uh -huh. how people say that, but like you actually gave a fucking TED talk. Yeah, it has special meaning to me too, um, because TED talks. There were some that saved my life when I was 18. My going into sophomore year of college, I I was really really in a dark place and. Uh, the concept of humanism was something that I started to gravitate to as an atheist. I was like, humanistic, okay, that's really important to me. But then the other thing was the TED Talks um, and humanist TED Talks. And I was just like, I remember in my head saying, I need to give one of these one day. But I did not anticipate like two <laughs> years later getting an yeah. email, dude. So That's um, a manifestation right yeah, there. Dude. I almost actually applied to do a TED um, residency couple years ago where you go live in new york for like a month at the ted headquarters and then you give an actual ted talk but Damn. i got so so nervous during the application process it was so lengthy it was like a boot camp for just vetting out the and i'm like okay maybe maybe one other day some other yeah, time yeah. i'll try it but that's fair yeah man that's crazy so Thanks. you know i want to get into some of the stuff you talked about because i think you did a phenomenal job Thank first you. off um it's it looks like an interesting atmosphere especially for someone speaking about hip-hop uh -huh. is a it lecture little room is yeah. it weird or intimidating to break out into rap mid that's mid thing in front of it. a bunch of i don't i don't want to i don't want to say that's everybody but i think most people what's the demographic of people that go to a ted talk i should say oh that's a great question. a lot of older I think it kind of varies based on the region based on um who was at yours on. well a lot of old white guys well, it was it was hosted at the college, so there were like actual college students who dropped in. There were a limited amount of tickets. Good. A lot of them went to family members, and also just like all of the administrators, like the president was sitting in the front row, like next to my grandma and grandpa, and I was just like, "This is a lot to take in." Yeah. Um. But also, the lights were really bright. I I didn't really see anyone but the front row, which I think was worse because oh, it was just my family and like the the head honcho. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then yeah, you're break, breaking down the song was really um I don't like doing that. I also I've learned I, I forget what it's called. I don't know if it's a Malcolm Gladwell book. I think it's the book's called Choke. But in times of intense nervousness and anxiety, your vocal register actually goes up and inflects. It becomes like less dipped mm. down. So I just remember when I started breaking out into that, I can just hear my voice and I'm just like, ooh, that register, man, you should have <laughs> you know, should have figured that one out, but mm. uh, it was it was about the message within it, and I think that's the that's the coolest part about. It. I I just wanted to have a TED talk. I didn't know why. I thought maybe I would be doing something that was worth saying, and then I had the opportunity to kind of rehash all of my idols and mentors through the educational field and what they're up to, and like what we could really do pedagogically to, like, reinvigorate our youth. Yeah, like there there are so many ways to. Um, to engage and to uh, help explore inner narrative. And I, I loved all of that. Yeah. I, I taught in high schools. I did uh, literature and identity 
social justice kind of workshops. Those were fun. That's really that's what I was gonna ask. So you did high school. You taught in high school. I taught in high school. I taught in middle school. I taught anti-bullying. Um, I was an anti-bullying coordinator for middle school kids. Very cool. That was really great. I love those kids. And so you're so that you you um, mentioned one of the the big big words of uh, your presentation oh. culturally. What is it? Culturally relevant pedagogy. Yeah. Is something that you speak of in this title. What it's the fuck the is that for it people is the to way. know? Well, okay, so pedagogy just means teaching practices. Mm-hmm. Like a pedagogical practice is just how you teach. So m- making a teaching practice rooted in cultural relevance is what you try to start at. Like in a classroom, where does the culture reside? The relevant culture? Is it necessarily always going to be? in this textbook, this outdated textbook, or do we have enough narratives amongst ourselves that if we just apply some lenses in multidisciplinistic ways and stuff, like we arrive not only at a a more knowledgeable conclusion about the world, but uh, the classroom as a community, Mm. and then yourself in negotiation with those things. Yeah, well, it's interesting to, you know, bringing up the relevancy of, especially when it comes to culture, I mean, Mm hip-hop specifically is yeah. the most popular genre in the world right now Hell has yeah. been for a couple of years Hell yeah. um probably gonna be for a few more years quite a few yeah. um i mean let's hope so uh, I, I enjoy it quite a bit what and you think it is about it i think brain. it's it surpassed what what was what did it just surpass was it pop i don't or yeah was it like well i, I think, think rock was prior a while ago, yeah but. rock was like quite a while ago but i think yeah like pop music because now now pop music they rap morphing into yeah. yeah yeah you know like ariana grande's got a verse on on yeah. thank you next and doja shit like cat's that the shit. doja cat <laughs> is the shit i'll put put <laughs> some like fucking that. respect on doja cat's name That's bro right. she is phenomenal yeah. uh she is a she's a gifted rapper as well as a For pop sure. artist but uh, but yeah i think one thing too real quick is um to me the thread was so visible with hip-hop and um it's identity man it's your narrative like yeah. telling these putting just any energy you infuse into a product that you release outside of yourself, that's what it's about. Well, and I think the, like, I think the beauty, I think it's the realness of it. I think mm-hmm. it's, it's, um, it's the way that, uh, you can just sort of how I was explaining earlier, point things out and be like, this is what's going on. Not that you can't do that in other genres, but I've noticed as hip hop has become the most popular genre, it's made other genres better in my opinion. That's you know, point. like, I mean, Pop music. There's a some lot worse, like country. Yeah, I saw. No. There's yeah. <laughs> there's kidding. some. There's some worse. No, there, but there is some. But I, I mean, even pop it. music, man. Like you think about it now. Like I was jokingly saying, Ariana Grande will drop a 16 in a song. Yeah. But she can do things in that 16 that she may not have been able to get across or do in the rest of a traditional formulaic pop song, and yeah. and I think the it's made pop music more real. Mm. It's made a lot of. Um, pop artists um more relatable um not saying that if you know you don't enjoy the genre that you should just bite it just so you can (laughs) chart on urban radio as well that's that's fucked up but i think in general the the a lot of the hip-hop music that becomes pop music that goes charts number one i mean even look at someone like drake he's you know a lot of drake stuff people have their opinions on him but i mean he's popularized a lot of rap oh hell yeah he's had the whole yeah come on now he's one of the most influential artists like fucking ever it's undeniable and that's what pisses me off because he uses like meek mill literally had his career by the throat man and no one cared yeah meek was like quentin miller writes your shit yeah and drake was like 
he just I don't know I I get worked up about it shout out Quentin Miller dude cuz um, that that was like finding out Santa wasn't real to me man like mm. when uh Meek and he had the receipts for it I'm like wait Drake doesn't write his shit I was really naive though I, I didn't know that they're like actual writing camps and like Rihanna used to fly people out to the islands to like giant writing camps Dude. of like 30 50 people who are just trying to make a living off of getting like one hook yeah in there so they can like eat we had a we had a performer a songwriter who was at one of Rihanna's shops and he said it was just like the most intense shit because you just want a line so you get money to feed your family well that's interesting because that's that's uh, one of my an artist that i i mean i love him still i just haven't really enjoyed a ton of his newer stuff but he is like someone that really really um reson i resonated with was uh black bear and mike posner both of them were in neo's camp yeah like they both wrote for neo and for uh, yeah, justin bieber mike posner is a great ghostwriter dude insane bro and i like i have the most respect for both you of those Pooh guys too Pooh Bear? Oh no, I, I haven't. Pooh Bear is a big one. Really? Uh, Pooh Bear does a lot of shit for Justin. Oh, interesting. Yeah. They, but all, all these guys. Fontaine, huge. Like, oh yeah. For snooze. A of artists. We, I'm gonna reach out to snooze. I want to get snooze on the podcast. He's fucking super talented. He wrote a bunch of like Black Bear's biggest projects. Oh no kidding. He's helped write for him. So then Black Bear got a camp once he got bigger yeah. and stuff. It's interesting. Um, but even dude, Future's written Future's written songs for a fuck ton of people too. He, I believe yeah. he wrote work. For Rihanna and Drake, like oh, he no wrote shit. like the idea of that song. I don't know how That's much of it he cool. wrote, yeah. but um, it's interesting. I'm and anti ghost writer, by the way, like in terms of like making music, like like that's that's okay. But I take it with a little bit of, I just prefer a Kendrick Lamar over like a team of forty people mm. making a hit song. How like, much I need of it? Soul persons like yeah. Work. Well, I agree, and I guess my whole thing is we. And I guess people have their own different ideas on how much the involvement was, because obviously yeah. there's those two uh, tapes, right, of Quentin Miller that he literally had sent mm. to Dre, and those had gotten leaked. Yeah, I I just don't know how much um, has really been how much of his entire catalog, because that's what people just go, oh, he doesn't write any of his shit now, and it's yeah. like his his pen is pretty Drake. impeccable, you know, Drake. Yeah. yeah. Like he's pretty fucking insane when it comes to rap. Yeah. I just want to um, know who though, you know, when I hear a bard, I'm like, that's so cool. I would like to know where to send my regards. Cause I don't know if it's necessarily mm. obvious right now. Yeah. Like, I want to give shine to the people who like, I don't know. I wish that no, I, I respect that. That's a, that's a valid stance. Yeah. I think that is the, if there is a consolation prize for how yeah. that beef ended up going between the two of them, yeah. I think that would be the prize that Meek would get is that he did. Yeah. That will forever be in question because of that, right. you know, and it's the same, you know. So that is something that I think is is interesting. But I, I'm a huge Drake stan. Like I love, oh word, like I love Drake, Kanye, right. Drake. Like I, it was weird when they were beefing, and I was yeah. covering it here on the show like every yeah. week. What's and your I, favorite song off Views? Off Views? Mm -hmm. Um, what's um. I should be downtown. Feel no ways, dude. Yeah, I'm so glad no you ways, said that. Yeah. I only I asked that question in the hopes that you would say that. Yeah, feel no ways. I mean, I. You know what's crazy? This? Yeah, go ahead. People hate that album. I genuinely really loved that album when it came out, and I still listen to a lot of the songs mm -hmm. that are on it. Dude, it's Trolla, nuts, one dance, bonkers. Well, and people and people were trying to do the whole like oh six to a nine now that was a that, bar. Yeah. that one I was like oh. if they don't got a story these days they'll make one like it, like yeah, it's yeah, yeah. yeah he man he dropped a lot of shit and and yeah. and people pr try to pretend like everyone says now like oh that was the worst ever. dude that was the twenty one song project I think or something like that and it was, was twenty one it was number one through twenty one for like four weeks 
on the oh, yeah, fucking yeah, charts. Yeah. So yeah. it was like it's the same thing when yeah, people were trying to you know? Yeah, well people were trying to say when I remember when Ye did the seven seven drops or whatever yeah, yeah. Uh, those albums mm-hmm. like people were trying to say oh he's Russian he's forcing these aren't these songs aren't good this is trash everyone's trying to say this is trash dude when Ye came out that album was number one through seven, and then whatever it just project kept going like that. Tiana Taylor. She was the the, the yeah. eight through whatever, and yeah. then you know fucking uh, Nas was fucking twelve yeah. through. It, it was like, Grammy, yeah. yeah, I was like, come on, dude. Like people, I, I I think when you get to a certain level of success, people are just going to oh yeah down because it's I think it, to it. I don't know if I'm the biggest. Uh, I don't know how I want to say this, but Jack Harlow he got a, he got a line on his new project where he says, uh, "It's on the Churchill." Towns and he says um it's an awkward song for me in my opinion there's a line i can tell he re-recorded really he punched the second line the second line of the song because i know he was he said i think he was there was a leak of it and then people were like clowning on him what was the line and he like changed a bunch of lines i guess okay but uh and and i do think the song is good um but he this it's the second line i don't remember you can hear it in his voice totally different probably different microphone Kanye's really good at exposing himself with his punch-ins too yeah and but um uh, what is the line he has like he's like i guess when the whole world loves you like you gotta you have to do something else to stand out and it was like the line prior was like saying like you you used to be a fan but you aren't you're not a fan now or something and it was like so you know and i do think that is a relatable line for people with a bunch of success i do not have that success so it would not be relatable for (laughs) you know you to you wouldn't be standing out by hating me it would you should save that for after i've been wherever i need to go um but no i i I enjoy i love drake i think he's the god i don't even know how we real quick i don't know but i have to tell you the drake stories uh you probably have heard of it when uh out west was at coachella a year or two ago when Ty or no Tyler's festival Camp Vlognog yeah and he was he he said the headliners is surprise special guest they wanted Frank story? Ocean and they got Drake and they, they booed like yeah. a bunch of fucking spoiled yeah and Drake performed Feel No Ways though which is a deep cut and it's Tyler's favorite he specifically asked and then there's a video of him dancing to it I love that video that's fucking sick yeah it's, it's his favorite it's your favorite it's my favorite there's something about that song man it's a great it's a phenomenal I would believe song. if Kanye wrote that for some reason I uh there's a I don't know how I would ever get clearance to it, but there's a song that I have that it, it samples it, and really? I I love I love I love I love it. Um, but yeah, that's that song is phenomenal. I don't know how we got all the way there. We were talking, we were in a TED talk, and then we we kind of got all the way around. Now it's Drake. <laughs> um, now, oh, I asked you about did it feel weird breaking into rap in front of everybody? We we got to that. Um, I wanted to get, um, or I guess let's let's wrap it up on the TED talk thing. Any last thoughts or feelings towards the TED talk? Yeah, if you uh, if whoever views this if you liked that one i really recommend that you look up bettina love's ted talk about uh hip-hop and grit um she's one of my mentors um there are a lot of really cool people out there doing incredible work in the educational fields in authentic and valuable ways gloria latson gloria ladson billings is one as well um she has a terrific set of books she's she's a superpower hero person so Very i just cool. wanted to plug them as well no that's that's super cool um now obviously so we're kind of segueing from hip-hop and education to yeah. um i want to get i want to get to you i want to get to troy left specifically i mentioned that say less personal favorite of mine yeah. on the on the project um what's if you could if there is a through line for this project if if you could classify what would that be what would be if you had to describe it to somebody if if you had to give me like a introductory paragraph to this project this is if you took 
the concept of the life of Pablo and Daniel Johnston's discography and put it in a blender and then dumped in a bunch of real life experience, like traumas, repeated traumas, different iterations of them. Um, and then you dunk them in there and then you, uh, yeah, you're going to get something. But then, oh, then you dunk it back into the existential tank, right? Because that's that's one of the my most therapeutic parts about the mu writing process for me is, um, like, I say a lot of vague shit. Mm -hmm. Like, they're very big concepts that don't really, like, I'm not really telling, I'm giving you little pieces, and then as a whole, it's like, okay, here's the feeling, like, basically negotiating with what you can't get to the bottom of is what I feel like a lot of times. Be mm -hmm. that pain, be that love, be that beauty, like, yeah um that's a cool way to do it yeah it's a unique way yeah. unique uh, and interesting way to do it yeah and the life of pablo is why I, i'm still tinkering with things because i do think that was one of the most profound things i'd ever heard right like kanye's like oh this is just gonna be a forever project and like he's uploaded it four different iterations. i was fucking pissed at the time i was too i actually I was, was so too. Mad. i was livid and then i'm like you know what this is actually brilliant because he has the status now right where like version one two three they're probably all on the internet like the bootleg versions you can see like which one it is I, I think that's cool i think we as artists should be allowed to like do whatever but like i said it was it was like life-saving to me because i had to put something out but i knew it wasn't totally arranged right but i at least got to get it out there and like it's only getting better and once it hits streaming that's when i'll have stepped away yeah but it's been cool to like there are some people like I'll upload a track and then I see that they're trying to stay up to date on, Oh, this is a new one or like this is a different version. And he probably did that for a reason, like as the artist, um, it is interesting, but it was a bummer though on Pablo that they took off, uh, Frank's track. Yeah. Switched it to Frank's track. And, yeah. he used and Vic to do Mensa that. was in there on wolves. I don't think he is anymore. No, shit. I don't think so. Little things like that. I'm, I'm like, Oh, I wonder why. But well, dude, it's like, if you listen to like the, uh what is it the, the yeah the yandi leaks and like some of that shit is like what was on donda or like the donda leaks yeah. like i uh, honestly my brother showed me yeah. some of the was it hurricane you showed me the one version of bro yeah dude i mean i can't honestly i just wish you would just drop all the versions because like i yeah. i don't like a version better i think the version that came out is fucking phenomenal of hurricane yeah. specifically also recency um, bias right or like our our initial impression of that experience was the first version yeah we're not gonna just like a book translating to a movie it's like you really gotta that's a stretch but like no yeah um yeah kanye does some some wild the, the way i had this whole theory about his donna release i thought it was so cool i it's weird to be a kanye fan because you say that and now you're assuming the entirety of him right everything like, he does yeah, is, like yeah. no I, when i say i like God, it doesn't mean like now i feel the need to justify what specifically i don't fuck with and do and it's yeah just like, yeah but i think we can all acknowledge how undeniable like he lives his art is so grandiose in its presentation and like some pretty cool shit it's i mean it's <laughs> once in a in a lifetime yeah. to see somebody like i'm thankful yeah. that i get to witness what he does yeah, it's yeah. just it's He's insane. He is. Um, I hope he gets help, though. He's like the modern day Michelangelo, right? Imagine seeing Michelangelo make a sculpture. Oh, yeah. Did you, are you mic'd up, too? You can turn your mic on. Yeah. Yeah. What did you say? You who, can, who you can repeat right it. Yeah. He's, Who's like, this? he's <laughs> like a modern this day Michelangelo. Uh, I'm Logan. <laughs> brother. But it's go. like a modern day Michelangelo. Imagine seeing somebody of that magnitude, like that graded art, just kind of, I don't know, just do that in their time. Like, 
you this is like something so they're gonna they're creating something timeless in front of our eyes like we're right. seeing something that will live yes. to impact the rest of generations and the rest I, of I think, life i think even too like yeah, just the the impact it has right now is insane mm -hmm. like the f i mean the donda rollout is a is a perfect example and i think he did it like i'm sure there was probably second guessing even with that on like how many because he's doing those pre-release shows and changing and tweaking and and yeah. i think he hit like the perfect sweet spot where like if he does that two more times some people are gonna be like bro no fuck this but, but he does I, it the dude, perfect amount i think that was my favorite release of anything ever and it was three different experiences dude it started out just him on the fucking football field and he's walking around then he's just there's a bed right and then there's this house and i'm like this is so brilliant and yeah. to your point logan like um and yours as well you're we're witnessing it in real time and like this is the michelangelo process we're witnessing on a musical level and like that is so cool to see that those like changes and the fucking like I would love to just be a fly on the wall during their sessions, you know, oh, yeah. like I want that. I want the rough edits. I, I want I want to see how it morphs and changes and where it lands. Like, give me that, because as an artist, those are the collaborative spaces. Th those are like the rooms that I've lived things on not that level. But like those we relate to it, dude. And the yeah. thing, have you seen the Yeezy or the Yay documentary, yeah. the Genius documentary? Yeah. I fucking love it. I wish we were shout just talking out Cootie, about dude. Shout out Cootie. We were talking about it today. I'm pissed that they fucking didn't hang out for six or whatever year because yeah. i want to see all that shit too man mm -hmm. I, I just wanted to see more and like you to you, what you were saying about like you've experienced similar things not yeah. maybe not on the same level for for me a, a reason after especially after watching the documentary that i like resonate even so much more with kanye than i already did was mm -hmm. because like how what i was explaining earlier with i feel like sometimes i go to people with my ideas because i just want to tell somebody i want to yeah. share it and they're just like I, I don't get it, man. The energy doesn't meet it. And I have to go show you before. Yeah. And, and I think back to, obviously, I'm not making Yeezys. But I think <laughs> back to that interview with Charlemagne yeah. where Charlemagne's like, but we don't care about the Yeezys. The people don't care about the Yeezys. He's like, no, no, they do. They will. And uh -huh. it's like they already do. And they will even more. And Yeezy made him a fucking billionaire, you know. Right. And so it's like, not to say I'm a billionaire, obviously. But it just, it, there are th times, especially as a creative, where, you know, I mean, you were almost going to call this project call, call me crazy. It's, yep. You feel kind of crazy sometimes. I was called it four times in a week, man. Like it's people, <laughs> I was just trying to like check some food out at the grocery store and it's just like, dude, you're, and I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Like, yeah. So I don't know. Again, shout out Daniel Johnston again. Like I, I've never felt more connected to an artist um, in my life. So if people are like, why does this sound again? It's, it's Daniel. Yeah, yeah, that's super cool. Yeah. I haven't I haven't listened to any Daniel Johnson. Yeah, uh, if if I had one song for anyone to get put on the, f it's the story of an artist by Daniel Johnston. Like that is, I played that in rehab for, like, other people. I played it on the way to a bunch of like, and I I didn't like it when I heard it first. I was just like, this is, you know, this doesn't this isn't polished like. There's so much good music to listen out there. Like, why, why would I spend my time on like a unfinished thing? And I'm like, wait a minute, this was. Yeah, I'll just people could check it. Very out. Very cool. There. And is, and what's the name of it again? The story of an artist. The story of an artist. Okay. Yeah. Definitely. Well, you guys are gonna have to check. I'm gonna have to check that out as well. Sure. Um. Now shifting gears. Let's do it. Somewhat comedical or somewhat comical. Somewhat. Um, oh hell yeah. A little bit. Maybe maybe this put get us into a dicey situation. Oh. You mentioned beforehand before we went live you have certain artists blocked 
on social media. Oh. Or they have you blocked. Yeah, Wi-Fi's funeral blocked me. You have a song with Wi-Fi's funeral? Correct? No. That's is that just a, that's a that's remix why thing? Blocked me. Is that? But why? I think that's whack. To be honest, so because I was trying was, to figure out what that yeah, was. I had a friend come to me and he's like, "Yo, listen to this Wi-Fi funeral song," and I'm like, "Cause I like Wi-Fi." Mm-hmm. Um, I went to the Puya show at the rave just to see him, and then he didn't perform because he was resting his voice for the Double XL show. So I was kind of bummed out about that. But uh, my friend's like, "Listen to the song. The back half is open," and I'm like, "Okay, I'm gonna fucking just try my best, and I'm gonna send it to him and be like, what do you think?'" I showed a couple of my friends before I released it. They're like. You actually kind of held your own. Like, it's 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 unique. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I sent it to him, and I'm just like, hey, man, you're a big influence to me. I saw this was open. Within one minute, I'm blocked. And I'm just like, okay, this could mean a lot of things, right? He could have just been like, get out of my face. He could have been like, why would you get on my shit that already exists? It could have been like, I listened to the song, and I don't like it. It could have been really, so he whatever. Blo- it was like immediately was immediate. after he blocked you. It was immediate. Just like, hey, man. I look up to you, block. <laughs> so then I go fuck? to my burner and I'm like, hey man, the fuck? Uh, this is me from that other, you know, a minute ago. Yeah, like, yeah. I just wanted to, like, my bad, dude, I guess. And, yeah. Um, then I blocked him on that burner because I'm like, I, this is. You got to get some, some like, semblance of a win. That's crazy. But I don't know. That's the second time that I, like, he retweeted one of my things once. And that day, I tried to do a remix of one of his songs and sent it to him, like, I didn't know what to do in those situations, I guess. I was just like, oh. So he retweeted, like, what, a snippet or a song of yours? No, not a song. It was just some, I made some comment about him, and he, like, thought it was funny and retweeted it. So I'm like, I have a, I, I, I got my foot in the door right now. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm going to be that guy on Twitter. Like, oh, by the way, dude. But it's the ones that, you know, this could be the only chance. You know, this yeah. could be that, you you know, Kanye walks out of the hotel you're For staying real, at dude, and you, you get the you chance. Know, the, the thing that is me, it has me petrified right now. Isaiah Rashad followed me last year on Twitter. Um, I was in a fight with Anthony Fantano on Twitter. And you guys then, were going like, back and forth? Yeah, I was. I no was, fucking I was, way, bro. We need to pull this shit it's up. It's gone, bro. though. Here's oh. why it's gone. It's gone because I had to delete my fucking... Is it gone? I, I, it, I can it, look I it up. I only have one tweet on my Twitter. I've deleted everything so many times. Damn it. I just, but the story basically was like, Fantano was shitting on Isaiah's project, The House is Burning, and I just huh. kind of... I can show you, like, I'll find it after. The, yeah. But it, so it was with the needle drop, and he was he was coming at you. He wasn't coming to me. I came at him, and then uh, fucking Top Dog from, like, TDE label, right? The, yeah. The head honcho, like, of Kendrick was he and the, Isaiah. W- did he say you shouldn't be commenting on rap music or, like, black people's music at all? Was that the comment? Because I know that happened recently as that well. That did happen, but it, it was a different oh, time. Oh, it was a different so time. So I was, I was going into, I was writing for Isaiah, though. I was like, you don't understand what this man has been through, the addiction, the mental health problems. When you call this boring, you are just basically exposing yourself as this dude who was privileged enough not to fall into these holes and be resilient enough to fight the fuck through it after four years and put out a great body of work. You're not acknowledging any of the cool lines, any of the beautiful lines, any of the pain. You're not validating shit about it except saying it's bland. And then you have hundreds of thousands of listeners out there just being like, oh, yep, it's mid. And to me, that is not how you use that platform. So I I don't know how I said that in like eight tweets, but Mm -hmm. it was like an eight tweet thing. And then like 10 minutes later, I get a notification. It's like Isaiah Rashad started following me. And I just like, that was the most profound moment of my life. Like I check every once in a while. He still follows me. I don't know what it means. You know, I have no clue, but I would love more than anything to work with him. Yeah. I just don't know how to. I don't want to mess up this opportunity. Um, you ever post your you rapping or you doing anything? Yeah, on t- every Twitter? once in a while, he's also been completely off 
um, mm. since shit hit the fan on him. Damn. Um, so yeah, his Twitter's basically been frozen. But maybe one day I'll come out of hibernation and that'd um, be super cool, man. I'll try to figure it out. Yeah, that'd be because he's he's one of my top five favorite rappers ever. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. And it's cool, cool on him for you know seeing super seeing sick. that you were riding for him and being like, yeah, yeah. that's that's crazy. How d- what do you think about um, music critics in general, like Fantana? Do you think there is a I've space? I've gotten mad at Fantano a bunch of times. I think everybody has for sure. Yeah, but I like, I think I've interacted with him three times. Once was about Radiohead. Once was about Isaiah. Once was about some shitty ass thing that he said about drug use. It was just ill informed. He was mm. saying like he's the, he's the coke addict of the something industry. I'm like, I don't know what you're saying right now, dude. This is because I know he's like he tries to do the cringe stuff, the meme stuff. Like he's really good at what he does. Mm-hmm. I I used to like he helped me a lot. Like I, um, Fantano that is. Yeah, I've seen. I used to watch him religiously because mm-hmm. I love knowing a little bit more context into whatever. And the, he has a really great system. Probably one of the more undefeated ones. That rating in the in the shirt thing, like yeah. that is addictive. Yeah. Um, but. I would much rather all day these days watch every single Nardwar video on the planet than like click on and see what fucking he thinks about my favorite artist shit anymore because I've realized that it's just his opinion and shit. But why am I getting so mad about it? Like, yeah. so I think it's you know what I wonder why because I I've got I used to get pretty upset with certain you know mm. artists that I like that he would give a bad rating to, but it is at the end of the day it's just his opinion and I think the reason his opinion maybe sometimes stings a little bit more yeah. is twofold. I think one because of what you're mentioning with like it's this huge platform yeah. and it's potentially now deterring people from enjoying the art that you enjoy right. you know and then this other thing is that he is at least i don't know if he went to school or what but he i mean he's seemingly educated on music so like yeah. it's a he's a music nerd it could like, be even when sometimes i think he gets it wrong yeah he had there's this thing where um it, it his opinion is validated because he knows all this shit but sometimes you yeah. can know all that shit and still like just the point of the thing go over your head or it's your own and it's like your tunnel vision you know his blind spots are pretty evident a lot of the times yeah and like like for ex- again i guess as, as we're talking about this it's like why does he never bring up any lyrics that are like this is a really cool like let's look at the he's usually clowning people like oh look at this shitty ass bar which is cool but like when you're talking about the music and the arrangement and how lush it's like say a notable that like yeah would make viewers who aren't familiar be like oh okay but that's just me as a writer like i can't play really any instruments anymore but Mm. i just i value the voice and i think he leaves a lot of that out so i could see that sometimes i i think he does he does bring up lyrics sometimes but i think to your credit and to your point i do think he most of the time he brings it up to meme a lyric or something so yeah Yeah. that that makes sense he gave what do you give donda six Give seven maybe. No, it oh no, six, it's six. Six, six. six. He gave certified lover boy three, and yeah, he gave. Uh, Stop watching that. Shit. He I gave. Really uh, no what idea. he? He gave my my sister and my my girlfriend are huge into Harry Styles, and I think okay. he gave the first one a five. Harry Styles first project a five. Is that the watermelon second, sugar one. That's his second one, and okay. he gave that one uh, a six. Yeah, dude, he gave a little pump and eight. Like I don't really know what we're doing in these days. <laughs> yeah. I guess what little like pump it's. Project. What little pump project? The first uh, his little pump by little pump. No. Yes. Is that okay. the one? Yeah. It's either an eight or a seven. It was just. It's like. That's that's deserving of like a six. That's little pump's best body of work. I mean, for. I mean, there's 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 something like beautiful about it, and it's what it what it meant at the time. But like the fact that that is getting that a bigger rating than like yeah you you could you could pull up a number of things he's given lower things and they're like actual 
damn near classic album. Well, like respected <laughs> things that have like culturally had significance. He'll be like, yeah, that's staying like a three, power. Four. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'll do a redux every once in a while and like either bump it up one or not even budge, bro. He he really pissed me off, I'll be real, and I, I regret not coming after him for this was uh he shit all over swimming, Mac Miller. Like mm. he shit on that man. Like Yeah. And it is a beautiful project. So and also Speed and Bullet to Heaven by Kid Cudi, he gave that shit a zero and then he reduxed it and I think gave it a zero and that shit pisses me off because you yeah. cannot tell me that there were twenty five songs you didn't even like one of them like yeah or you couldn't even connect with one moment like and maybe that's just how as a as a as a critiquer you know as a critic versus somebody who wants to absorb the moment like if i'm going to be listening to someone i'm trying to lean in you're yeah you're wanting to right. like it you know so and a critic it just might be like okay i have to be more objective here which is a bummer so i don't i don't know yeah i always wonder how he enjoy like i feel I mean, I hope he likes. I, I it sounds yeah. like obviously he loves music. He's a, says he's a music nerd and all this stuff. I'm sure he loves music. Yeah. But I do wonder, and I think people have asked him about it before. I can't remember his responses um, about like how he listens to and enjoys music because mm. he's looking at it through this lens of a critic specifically and yeah. pointing out little flaws and in th things in that nature. Yeah. And it, it's interesting. I um well, the the only time I ever got like really really upset was um. <laughs> He does this, this segment called Why No Review every once in a while. Yeah. And it'll be like. Oh, so he left one of your favorites off? Yeah. Well, yeah. Digital Drug Lord was a project from Black Bear that is like arguably his best project. Yeah. And super. And the thing that bothers me about it is that like. He didn't even acknowledge it. You know, he it was on the Why No Review and he's he had like 30, 40 seconds. And he's just like, I just this is so boring, so uninspired. Yeah. Like there's no staying power, no impact. And I'm just like, he wrote this project when he was dying in the hospital mm. and to say like to say black bear's style has not been fucking copied by everybody now oh god it's yeah. like and i love black bear i've used shit that black bear does like it's influential to say he's not influential to say he had no staying power he's just like there's just like his voice is un uninteresting like whatever like mm. the, these are just uninspired songs like there are songs on that project that like go so fucking ridiculously hard to this day and it just bothers well, me you know what i i don't know about his mental health but like to me it just seems like a fucking dude like i don't even know if he drinks beers if he listens to his shit while he smokes a joint like i don't know what he does yeah and for him to like i don't know he can just do him or whatever but like i don't even want him to even in a you know, I used to be like, oh, I can't wait to see what he review of mine. Like daydreaming about what would. No, I don't care. Like, oh, I definitely still would you, like him to. I would, it. I would, I would tell him like, you need to get as fucked up as I was in in like that headspace. Like, you need to be there with me, to really be there with me. Yeah. Like you're not gonna just. He's. It's gonna be a swing and a miss for him in terms of relatability for him. And I don't know how much he inserts himself to connect or. But yeah, a lot that's of interesting the lines too. Then he's just gonna be like, Bleh. yeah. <laughs> It's interesting. I, I've thought about this. I think every yeah. person that makes music has thought about like, oh, what, yeah, would, what would he you do? do? Yeah. yeah, I would be. I mean, he, I would, sh he shits on the avant-garde and underground scene too much. Is, I, that's is fair. What I would say. I get weirded out because Fantano's a pretty big Death Grips fan. Yeah. And I like experimental stuff. I like Ghost Main. I like all sorts of underground cool experimental stuff. But Death Grips. I don't know if you've ever heard Death Grips. I have not. Yeah, but no. it's, it's not even like a lot of calories it's like it doesn't even make any sort of sense so it's like i don't like musically it doesn't really make that much sense i mean kind of it does like you break down the beats and stuff but kind of not really at the same time that's like, interesting that's well, I, the beauty of it i though, think right, I is it's all subjective and like we know that but we still 
insert our own experiences into that. Like when he says that it was vapid or it was boring, like you connected to those songs. Now it's like a personal diss to you and your preferences. That's why you it know? comes off that way. Because art's an extension but of I, yourself. Period. But I've become, I guess, able to like um, compartmentalize that now. Because I, I used to, when, especially when I was younger, and that was back. That album came out when I was a freshman in college, I think, or yeah. just going into college. Wasn't even in college yet. And I, uh, so I was like fucking, I was upset when he did, I don't even think I was a subscriber yet, but I would just like watch the videos and be upset and fucking dislike if I didn't like it. And, um, no, I, I, I value him a lot and I do enjoy him. I think he's a funny, I do think he's a funny guy. I do think he is, um, very entertaining. And like you said, the system is phenomenal. I watched Sean C as well. Um, they both actually, they had a conversation together not too long ago. They did. And I I almost quit making music. because of it i almost quit making music because of it dude i was mean? like having like such a break because i love discouraging or what yeah well i really enjoy sean c's commentary and fantano's commentary even when i disagree like like we were joking like i do think there are flaws and whatever but and everybody's gonna have their own perspective on things so yeah. like i might see this thing as problematic they might someone else might be like no that's what's beautiful about what he's doing whatever mm-hmm. and they had a conversation about um white rappers specifically oh. and hip-hop and sean c who i fucking love he's just like i don't think there should like he's basically saying like white rappers have contributed nothing to the genre shouldn't include themselves in it and we Hmm. shouldn't whatever and my you know as a white guy i'm obviously having a bias as well as well as him as a black man is having one as well but i'm just like that's a very to me that's uh i don't think that accomplishes whatever it is that you're wanting to accomplish by saying that i think that makes things worse for people as someone who is i mean i have gotten death threats from racist people because of things that i've stood for and had to face and whatever whatever and i maybe i was taking it too personally like oh i shouldn't make music because sean c says white people Mm. shouldn't rap but i I don't even just rap either i do other stuff too but whatever i took it like that doesn't to say that someone like you know an eminem or atmosphere or um fucking i mean even the Beastie Boys had a huge influence on music in general and, and you know, bringing this stuff. I, I just thought it was like a ridiculous statement to say. And not that he just it's, said it's a sweeping statement. Right. And it's such a big topic. That but he doubled down on it like eight times in the conversation. Yeah. He was like, no, like that shouldn't be whatever, whatever. Okay. And he's like, I'm yeah. not saying there. And, and I guess. And we're, then it was, we're guests. Yeah. In the culture. For sure. Um, also, though, I, I would argue. It, it begins with intentionality authenticity even vulnerability like all these things um can stand alone like also your love for the craft itself like if you watch eminem interviews that is one of the biggest fucking nerds of rap ever oh and of like, course and you can just tell and it's like he has universal cosigns and like the everyone credits him as being a legend and and, and that's okay because he embodied everything that he was always mm-hmm. he never you know and and he so it, that checks out for me um i know it like I, I know there yeah oh, mac, mac miller fucking, bro i mean and, and he got a lot of that yeah. get the fuck out of here white boy shit yeah. at the beginning of his rap career yeah. now obviously we sit here i don't want to fucking some reactionary channel is going to take this these two white guys talking about white rappers and be like whatever whatever i understand well, I that it's we really are important as white people to negotiate what that means right because yeah. we do like if we want to be a part of uh 
the culture in and of itself and contribute to the art form or, or get to, to be involved with it, then we need to understand the ways in which... Uh, the delicacy of this thing, bro. The beauty of this fucking thing that, yeah. like you said, we're a guest in, mm-hmm. right? As but, but I'll tell you what, like, hearing that comment from Sean, I, 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 I've been to... It's weird. Like, when I go to these conferences, when I do these things, and, and there are my idols of color and professors of color who tell me like you need to keep doing this and i'm like okay well that must mean that the intention is in the right place and that the narrative is is self-critical and informed and shit like that you know Mm -hmm. but i could see the the, the fucking lesser degree young rabies and just like that's a lot of i don't know It, it it is a delicate important issue that i hope um this actually has me inspired to read a little bit more about that, even the interview they had, but then I mm-hmm. want to find some other resources. I might. Well, also the thing, even to, you brought up someone like Young Gravy, right? Yeah. Gravy is not make, is not trying to be, I think it's, uh, like you said, intention, right? He dra- Gravy's not trying to be the number one rapper in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just making fun songs. I think he's just making fun songs. I think yeah. that, like his intent isn't to be, he's not anti the culture, you know, mm-hmm. he's making music. I've, I've tons of friends that are of color that listen to him as well and they think it's fun and it's whatever. They're not he's not like he's not Kendrick Lamar, you know. Mm-hmm. He's not tr- but he's not trying to be either, you know. And yeah. I think like like someone like Eminem for instance, he was set out to not only be the the best at the time, but like you said he fucking loved every bit of it. He was a nerd about it. And he tried his hardest to connect with people. He was funny as fuck. He was observant of what was going on and authentic about Mm -hmm. it. And so I think there is a difference in, like, I don't think, I guess to say what I was trying to get to is I don't think gravy is like some culture vulture or something like that Mm -hmm. either. I think he just serves a different purpose in the game. You know what I'm saying? And I think someone like Eminem or Mac Miller serve an entirely different one. And um, to say what's, is more important i mean i would say the that mac miller and eminem would be more, much more important but you know people find their own importance in things and Absolutely. i and i just sat there when he was saying it because of someone i enjoy listening yeah. to saying that and i was like damn mm-hmm. maybe i shouldn't make music like not even that bro but maybe it was just at that moment of hearing it it was time for you to start negotiating with it a little more like that's something in our whiteness that we just kind of lose sight of it like I had forgotten the fact that I'm a white rapper until you brought that. Like I, I think about it sometimes. I'm reminded of it at other times, but mm-hmm. like it eventually does become another blind spot. Yeah. So it's something we have to always be mindful of and like really interrogate ourselves and like where we're coming from in terms of contributing. Yeah, that's it. Well, that's an important thing is yeah. is contributing as opposed to, and that's what his point was is that he said he doesn't. It, it's they come in, they take, they take, they take. And then they're out in three years and we get a new one for yeah. his guy. They yeah, that reminds me of the Disney Channel cycle when they were doing Victorious and iCarly and they just had this machine of like, mm. all right, time for the next one. Bring them yeah. through. It's just like, all right, who's who's going to be the next? I can't even think of who it is these days. I guess Jack Harlow. People well are like, Jack's the white Drake. And like, well, that's what people – That's <laughs> what, Well, that's the same thing. It was like people are trying to and, – and I think Jack's a nice guy and I think he's going to do good things. I don't think he's – people are really like dogging on him right now. Like it's it shifted. The pendulum was like so hot for like two weeks uh-huh. and then it just went 
the other way. Yeah, that's now the whole reactive culture, man. And it's like, also, though, is that project going to stand the test of time? I don't know. What was that project supposed to be? Why were those the four features? Why was it the way it was? Like, I wonder what he's trying to pivot to. He must have a more grandiose plan, but it probably sucks to be getting that news in real time of just, like, that reception. But Yeah, <laughs> no, of course. But but it's the same thing. People, so people were – I think Sean C. was talking about um, Harlow specifically. He's like, he's the epitome of white mediocrity is what he was saying. And what people were saying on TikTok, and you his know, first I, couple mixtapes are fire. He, by the way, I mean, it, it, and it seems like he really cares. You know, whether yeah, or not my, the music my right now. Went to uh, high school with him in Kentucky, and okay. like he had always been doing this. Like, yeah, that they were like, oh, that's Jack. He's probably going to be famous one day because he tells everyone, and he's kind of good. Yeah. So like he won over Kentucky, he won over Louisville, and like, was it Lexington? I don't remember. But, yeah. Um, and then I saw him. I opened for, well, I, I, I performed at Soundset, so there were people like Young Ma, Jid, um, him as well, um, and he, he was, I liked it, I enjoyed it, he was really good. Well, that's I, what, so people were trying to just kind of discredit, you know, where, what he has done completely, and mm -hmm. say, you know, and they were making the comparisons, like, look at Jeezy, where's Jeezy at now, it's like. Jeezy was here for a few years and then did the same thing. So everyone's pr making the projections already. Yeah, like again, this we're, is we're grabbing at our uh, from the past and the experiences that we had to draw from, and it's like, which all right, like I I think it's fair to do. Like we were talking about earlier, we all make comparisons. Yeah. Um, and I think you know. Actually, do you mind if I ask you this because it would kind of help inform? Um, is there any artists that came to your mind during the tape while you were listening to to my left tape, like that? that reminded you of, of a specific kind of artist because that would help kind of inform what kind of features I go after sometimes. But, um, I have to think, I'd have spot. to think yeah. on that. Yeah. I yeah. have to think on it. Like for example, for you, do you have anyone that you would, uh, correlate your style to like, if you were to go to Spotify and it's like suggested artists, mm. um, you? I, you know, it's, I guess it's, it's kind of difficult in the sense of, um, I feel like I'm maybe too close to it. I think like we're all a little sure. too close to our own art. But yeah. if I had to, I mean, influence wise, I mean, I do a lot of, I don't know, because recently I've been doing a lot more pop stuff. Like, mm -hmm. a, I mean, there's still like a very, there's a lot of rap elements to what I'm doing, but yeah. it's a lot of pop. And, um, I don't like know. Black Bear? Would you I, say, yeah, I um, like Black Bear. Mike Posner probably would be. Who's the other one that we were not saying that's just John Bellion? Do you like? John Bellion. I love John Bellion. Okay. Yeah. Because that was, do you see the, the yeah. little triangle of like sound? Yeah. Like, they, they could hang out. John Bellion. Yeah, he's super cool. I, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say that I'm anything like him. He's crazy good producer as well, yeah. John Bellion. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, Mike Posner. I, I really loved uh, Gambino, like really shaped a lot of uh, how I like he was like my favorite artist for like the longest time yeah. like i just i wish he i was i remember being and i love the album now but i remember being genuinely sad when he like wasn't gonna be rapping anymore and he dropped the awaken my love like yeah. i was like genuinely upset like yeah i loved redbone when it came out i was like this this is fucking dope like look at him, he's get, catching hits right now and then Ooh. i'm like waiting for the raps and then they never came and i was like right ah. and he does it now he's you know he's doing it a little here bit here and there but i know what you mean it's I loved. It. I listened to like his like royalty mixtapes and royalty like was fucking fire. Stone Mountain, like the other side Should've of Kauai. Known, dude, is my shit off of royalty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's oh, got. Oh man, he's got um. Dude, BTI also is like, 
forever just one of the more mind-blowing projects i've ever come across even the script and the fucking everything the, the screenplay and the yeah. video game and yeah it's crazy oh, if you guys don't know because of the internet by childish game you know there's a great video there's an iceberg video on it on youtube that's really fun to watch um is and it, then is um Wendigoon? what's it no it's not Wendigoon. you said iceberg video so i thought Wendigoon. do you follow Wendigoon i don't know i don't know who that is i have no idea so who Wendigoon. made the video um okay. but he uh you, have you ever heard 3005 part two a secret track yeah, they had it. it was all like hidden in code and shit. Yeah, dude, they had it to find years. it. Yeah, that took forever, and I love that so that version of it too. That yeah. three thousand and five is a timeless, timeless version. record. Yeah, the picnic version. Yeah. Yeah, crazy, crazy good song. Um, I don't even know how we got there. Oh, we were talking about uh, now white rappers. Just nerding out. Yeah, now we now we really are. I was talking about white rappers, man. As as white rappers, we have to take take this thing very seriously, Absolutely. and we have to care about it, and we have to mm-hmm. cherish it really, because it's like. And that, that's when cherish I the white. just cherish it, it, the culture itself, oh, oh, and cherish yeah. being being a guest, able to, to come over, you yeah. know, to this friend's house, basically. You know, we're here, and I want to stay. I would like to continue to hopefully add things to it, you know. Everyone has their own perspective, and I don't want to ever be seen as an artist to take, that takes away from it, yeah. you know. And I think, I think the artists that have, that's the reason they come and go, and that's the reason there's like a stigma. And I think it's a valid criticism. So I don't want that to come off as when I was talking about the Sean C thing that I'm like somehow like I he shouldn't you. say that. Like it just at the time, again being an emotional artist. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was just like, man, I'm really. Yeah. I maybe I should quit. I thought I was gonna quit. I was at a hip hop conference in Madison with the educators, and we were going through critical race theory and talking about, and I was just like. My reaction was I just want to not do this anymore. And they're like, that's, I, th- I think one of them said that's the wrong reaction. Like, um, but yeah. But it's important to have yeah. that, like you were saying earlier, to be self-critical and to mm. really think about it and digest it. Because, you know, especially mm. from all the, the listening to your projects, listening to, to you rap and even hearing your story and, and speaking with you now, like mm. definitely care about it. A little bit, man. More than a, a lot bit. of people I know. I and this is everything to me, man. So that, and I think that's important. And it, the, like you said, the intent is there. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll get a little bit more fun here nice. to to wrap. I mean, hopefully this isn't too heavy. What is the thing you're most proud of that's come from Troy Love? Thing I'm most proud of. Yeah, doesn't have to be. It could be a song. Could be a moment. Could be anything. Getting an encore with JSO at the Caboose in Minneapolis. Uh, I was doing my set and uh, I brought Jason on to do that. When she brought me on for her set, like we have a lot of songs together. So we did the song called Drop Off and we were in Minneapolis. And that was the first time like people knew those words. Like they were JSO fans and like Troy Left fans, like they're singing the shit and they, they wanted that encore. So we did it again at the end and I started like dancing. I had my shirt off and shit. The DJs just like, um, that was the kind of shit to me because I was there with Jaso at the inception of the beats on and I'm like humming this and she's like that's it and then comes up with the words and then passes it to me and then within four hours we're like this is a fucking hit yeah and then like she releases it on her album and then now we're seeing in in person like people confirming it's a fucking hit like they're yeah. having fun um, it's infectious yeah and that's something you know as we talked a little bit like my art can be darker more existential and stuff I have songs with Jay that are super fucking not that way. And um, I was proud to be able to feel that happiness and joy with my sister. You know, like she's family. And 
we've been through a lot and we got to be on that stage together that's that's one of the things i'm more proud of but also man just the fact that like it keeps me alive i'm, I'm proud of the fact that 18 year old me 17 year old me ever wanted to give it a go and i'm fighting every day for that kid mm -hmm. because he deserves to have this scene through like yeah. he's he's the one whose passion i'm following mm. you still feel the passion as well i hope I do. It comes and it goes, but I try to, I remember the first track, you know, do you remember yours? The first one oh, you ever yeah. like recorded? Oh yeah, terrible. God but, but what did it feel like? Do you remember? Oh, it was uh, definitely a rush, an exhilarating thrill. Uh, did you listen to thrill. it a couple times or anything? Like even, maybe even show a friend? I, oh. I remember listening to it in your car with the subs and freaking out thinking this is the greatest thing ever just because it, it, there it like, is. Yeah, yeah. Actually, it was like this, you could hear the actual bass with it and like the vocals sounded really bad and everything but like i didn't even think about that i was just like right we were just excited yeah yeah you were leaning into and also just bro how trippy is it is it not that you created an extension outside of yourself that like represents something and that kind of intimacy and just it is such a beautiful process man so i guess to bring like that first time that i played my first song back and yes it was ass and the music quality was ass but i showed everyone i was like look what i made yeah, you know, um, uh, yeah. So I'm I'm proud of that kid. Yeah, that I try to put on for him, as you should. I think he as would. I think he'd go to like. I think he'd download my thing. He could yeah. listen. <laughs> I, I sometimes so I get really down on myself. It's really hard for me. Um, I've been in the midst of finishing this this project I've been working on for a very long time. Like I yeah. wrote the songs a long time ago. Yeah, could have been done a long time ago, but I just been such a, so in my head, and um. I had to rem start reminding myself very recently, like, dude, if I showed this to Darren when I first downloaded my first DAW, like, yeah, he he would he would lose his mind. Yeah, you know, like he would be like, "Are you <laughs> kidding me? Can I use that right yeah, now? Yeah, like, can, can I? Me can I? I want like, yeah. yeah, you know, like it's just crazy to to think about that. And so I think that's something I've been trying to put in perspective more is like no you you're doing this you know you, you really. really are and, and, and it's hard for us right because with the ambitions and goals and dreams we have it we can overlook what we've the work we've actually put in yeah and it's always there to re-remind you of it like that's the coolest part about putting out songs it's like there they are yeah they're gonna exist outside of you we're losing a light well we're we're getting to that point i think we we've covered all bases here today Dude. i appreciate you for being honestly for being open and vulnerable and honest with me this has been a great conversation i'm overjoyed as always to see you man do you have any last either questions for me or uh anything you want to let the audience know before we wrap yeah what about this podcast of yours are you most proud of because this started most likely just as an idea right so yeah not only like what are you proud of but what, where are you kind of excited to take it um, I think I'm most proud of the fact that um, I've gotten to kind of I've gotten to sit in the room and share time with people that I don't think I would have been able to had yeah. I not, you know, had this. Mm -hmm. um, and I've gotten to learn and understand people, even even from people that maybe I don't agree with on a lot of stuff. Yeah. I've gotten to learn something from, you know, and I think right. that's the coolest part. And and I guess on a side note too, my my brother and I we both had recently listened to like we were just talking about this the other day, uh, like a first one of the f earlier episodes had come on and uh, like a recommended and I listened to a couple minutes of it and I was like, God damn, I sucked at this thing, man. <laughs> like I was and I thought I was a good conversationalist at the time. I was bartending, I was talking all the time, but there's a different it, kind of uh, way of going about it, right? Yeah, it's not just like hosting, I'm pulling up and like 
can I get a drink? It's like, you, yeah. Yeah. You're to- and you're, I, I really admire the way that you go about, uh, you know, the attention to detail and you clearly care. This is like a craft that you, Thank you. do. And that's awesome. I appreciate that, man. Yeah. I, I really, I do try and I hope to continue. You, you asked, where do I hope to take it? Where do mm-hmm. I hope, where do I see it going? Um, I've been reaching out to some bigger artists. Sometimes I get imposter syndrome. Um, when it That's comes real. to reaching out to bigger people, because it's hard, it builds up. Like I build up a lot of courage to like ask. I I have days where I'll go. Um, it'll be like just that day. All I'm doing is booking, mm-hmm. and so I'll like message people for hours and hours and hours, and Damn, you don't I, get. I admire that. Though. You just don't get any the responses. Grind, yeah. And the indifference, the silence, you just keep doing it. Yeah. yeah, and so sometimes it gets hard, and sometimes then I then I put off asking like bigger guests not that i don't love having people i know on personally because i do that too and mm-hmm. then we'll talk about what's going on in the world topical stuff yeah. and i enjoy those conversations too because sometimes it's a i feel like i don't just sit back and relax and kick it with a friend very often mm-hmm. and so i enjoy that as well but i that's where i hope to take it is to stay on the grind of trying to get new people and 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 maybe people that will expose us to the right audience that'll get this uh hopefully further further up the road. I don't know how, how I want to say that. I, down yeah. the road. I want yeah. us to get some more subs so that I can um, not starve. We're growing. Yeah. yeah I want to. I want to be able. To, calories. I love some. I want to be able to introduce Troy Left to whatever musician I just had on that week. That you know, hopefully we're both fans of. That would be super cool. That'd be sick. That's where I want this to I be at one day. I can it, and it's in the distance. You know. I hope so. I look forward to keeping up with it. I dude, I I really hope so, man. I just want to say th- one last time, thank you for being here. Um, I also want to say thank you to everybody who tuned in um, during the premiere of this episode. Um, I, I know we didn't do this live, but I'm, I'm thankful you guys are here during the premiere. Um, hopefully we got to talk a little smack in the comments because I'll be there live. I also want to say a quick shout out to our patrons. Logan, you want to click the patrons one? Um, I don't remember the number, so you have to just click it. Is it up on the screen right now? just want to say shout out to our patrons for supporting the channel um, and supporting me. If you guys are interested in getting access to exclusive podcasts, um, bonus videos and content, uh, including extra footage from our vlogs and um, behind the scenes of music videos, as well as a series where I break down how I mix, master, and write every single one of my songs, uh, go to patreon.com slash Darren Rita, and you can help support the channel for as little as a dollar. Um, now, one last time, thank you to Kenosha Auto Insurance for sponsoring this episode. And this has been, I think, the 149th, maybe 150th episode of the Detox Podcast. We're not live, so I don't know off the top of my head. But I'll see you guys next week. Peace.